0: To episode 229 of the F Reality Podcast. If you're ready to hop into the dystopian future of Minority Report and jack into the Matrix like one of Neo's besties, then this podcast is tailor made for you. Here on today's show, we have a few hot tamales for you to swallow on today's menu. We've got a startup uh, that sells your underloved gadgets through the magic of augmented reality. Is Zelda playing hard to get? Look no further. Elf Girl will gobble up your candy love, no questions asked. Looking for en masse physics-based destruction in your fast-paced FPS games? Just sign our petition. And on today's show, we'll answer, Can you really make a VR headset out of bubble wrap and engine grease? Let's see. Then for the finale, we'll touch on a little hands-on Frankenstein project that Adam's been tinkering with, and we ask you to stay tuned to 104 F-Reality FM. It's time to introduce our radio stars for our darling primetime listeners today. All right. This lad, he's got a passion for tinkering. He lurks about and pulls stuff together, trying to make it work, and on occasion the power goes out. But did you know he also had a career as a model? That's right. He loved all things silk, and the camera just couldn't get enough. This strapping young lad... Identifies as Adam Bombati, Well, hey, 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 wait, wait, just a second here. Just a second here. Let's set the rules straight. I was just trying to fact with Jose there a second, but uh on your lady podcast, Adam, you can be a lady, but as we clearly established in the fine print, this is clearly a dude-only show. So don't you go flaunting your hair extensions and mani petties in here, damn it. You gotta chew tobacco and go chop some wood. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so a proper intro now, please put your hands together. It's Jasmine the VR tech.
1: I'm so confused, dog. <laughs> I was like, is this my intro, right? Yeah, I say yes now, right? Yes, hi. That's not it's not Jose. But but yes. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm very sad that we're not going to be talking about Manny Petties on this uh, on this podcast. Very sad. Oh damn. <laughs> but um yeah, it's it has been uh, a little bit of a crazy week. I haven't been able to play any, you know, super intense VR games lately so i've actually been uh, i tried Galactic Catch which is oh. like if you yeah that if you played like real VR fishing it's just like it's just like that but instead of catching real fish you're catching these really interesting looking alien fish Looks uh,
0: rad looks really good do you like it
1: I do yeah cuz i really liked real VR fishing too but now that i get to catch weird looking fish uh, and they have the same sort of system where you can take them home to your your ship and you've got an aquarium that you can decorate, put them in. Um, I do like, I don't think real VR fishing does this, but I like that you can actually change where the accessories are in the aquarium. Because I, I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think real VR fishing is just like rock. And you're like, the rock goes here pretty much, but you can't change <laughs> the position of it. But yeah, it's like um, you, there's, you're There's you on an alien planet and there's different... Um, I guess alien environments. Like the first one's a, a beach. Second one's like a mushroom environment, sort of Kingdom. thing. Mushroom King. <laughs> I guess it's a fun place. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can you can unlock different accessories that are themed from that map. So you can get like the mushroom environment or like the beach one or or little little accessories too. So I like that part. And the they have missions and things like catch three big fish from this particular environment. So it keeps you wanting to keep going, but I, I don't know. I like it. it I, I wanted something calm that I could play sitting down. That wasn't too intense that I could stop whenever. And it, it was perfect for that.
0: <laughs> it looks good. I mean, like the, the, the concept of like building your aquarium through stuff that you've caught that gripped me in Subnautica in the later levels of Subnautica, you get big fishing tanks or whatever. You can catch those aliens, bring them back home. And then there's an inherent limit on the tank in terms of how much you can put in there. The other one, um, Garden of the Sea, does that really well, where you've got a little pond by your house and you can just bring back all these cute little things and Ugh. fill it with that. And oh my Lord, like it feels like catching real light, like real Pokemon, like mm-hmm. in a VR game. And, and so when, the second you said that, I didn't know that was in Galactic Catch. And it's one that when I saw it, like I was super excited about it because I really liked... Um, Oh, shoot. What's the Resolution Games one? Bait. Um, bait. Yeah, Bait. So when Bait first launched and they didn't have like social or multiplayer, it was like such a cool game, but it was like, oh, it- itching for multiplayer. And then they brought that in later. Uh, Galactic Catch is single player or multiplayer?
1: Single player, but it seems like they're planning on adding multiplayer. Um, so yeah. that'll be fine. I feel like you, you do need that because there's nothing better than just catching fish and just, you know, just chatting with somebody. I will say I wish they had that YouTube uh, player that Real RealVR fish, uh, Fishing has, though, because it's nice when you're just like, don't want to hear the in-game music after hearing it a thousand times. And it's like, OK, I caught a fish. I get it. We don't have to be hyped every time. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's, that's my, own, be my only gripe is that, like, I, I wish I could turn off the music or, or just change it or I had, they had a YouTube player or something. But um, otherwise, I've been just trying to get stuff done because I'm going to Romania Tomorrow, starting oh, wow. tomorrow, actually, wow. <laughs> just Holy casually, God, that's cool. You know, Well, cool. Ca- well, casually, casually but, to Romania,
0: huh?
1: Uh, we're going. It's a, once a year the live team does a, like a um, on-site meet-up, planning, fun stuff, sort of thing. So, like last year was Amsterdam. This year's Romania. I, I guess now we're trying to go to because um, we have two of our team members are in Romania. So I think it, the plan is eventually to go to everybody's countries so that you don't have to. At least one of the times you won't have to fly so far. Like for me, it's. I think, like, 14 hours. I have a three-hour layover a su- in Germany, but...
0: <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. At least it's not an hour. Flight. The The hour layover is, is just dramatic. Like, I don't know. I mean, you guys have flown a lot, but, like, I remember <gasps> pegging it through like Dublin airport with like, we had like 45 minutes between connecting flights and then Almost it was not. late. And it was like, we've got like this. We are not going to make it. We made it. But it was one of those where they, they had just closed the door. Ugh. They're like, all right, we'll let you in. Right. But they had just <laughs> oh shut it on us. And, uh, oh my God. I've, yeah, i you, not you one get hour there and you're, you're breathless in your seat for like 15 minutes later, Ugh. you're still breathing hard. Like the that. The next not he's like, why are you so fun.
1: sweaty? <laughs> what's, what's happening. <laughs> And You're just like trying to calm down after the panic of like, I can't believe I made it. And then and then you have to sit there for, you know, 10 hours. And that's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing uh, you say, Romania, I mean, I, I just think of the movie Hostel. So don't watch that before going. But aside <laughs> no. from that, enjoy Eastern Europe, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. It'll be fun and hopefully I won't get taken. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't worry. We'll send Jose after you, if, you uh, if we need All right. Well, that sounds good. Very good. Well, thank you for the highlights. Galactic Catch sounds like a fun one. Certainly wet my appetite for that. And uh, chat looks like they like it too. Uh, Hey, everyone in chat, by the way, we'll get to you in a second. Um, So next up, if what you look for when browsing through internet videos late at night is luscious locks of long flowing dark curlies, well, look no further. (laughs) I'm on a trip today. Uh, Full of Vigor. And with a spirited smile, only someone with a name starting with J could produce. It's our personal tech trainer and a fellow who brings the kick to F-Reality, chili con carne, it's Jose Santiago de la Mancha.
2: Hola, mi amigo, ¿qué tal? Oh, what's up? Bien, bien. Um, just good, man. Just relaxing. Um, it's been one of those weeks where I really don't know when the week ended. I, I really didn't even know we had the podcast today. It's just been a blur. <laughs> it's, it's just just nonstop momentum getting projects done and wrapped up we, we just finally finished the broken controller um experience here in fresno california it's opened up its doors the fresno state university is already there and leadership is happy and just seeing the press react to it all it's it's a blur but um relaxing really um seeing people kind of you know sending me messages like hey well, i stopped by you know it's awesome like being able to to kind of start bringing in the arcades that we take for granted around the world and we see all the time and start kind of manifesting them for real in, in, in the US has been has been pretty cool but as far as gaming goes um final fantasy 16 oh man i've been so anxious is that to out? talk about it's this it's out already i, I, I uh, okay it's on the PS5. It's an I think it's a timed exclusive. Um, it's PlayStation Five only at the moment, and it's been by far one of the best action JRPGs that I have played in a very long time. I'm a really big action, you know, role playing gamer, and being able to kind of see a, a franchise like Final Fantasy make a really big impactful return, and seeing them like understanding what modern RPGs look like and. The graphics, the story—it's just been really the, the my north star between all of this chaos that's been happening in my life. It, it's been cool to kind of like see a classic um, Final Fantasy story, just 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 a pure classic Final Fantasy story in a modern world. It's pretty much a, a reimagination of the first two original Final Fantasies, dealing with the crystals and what they do, and and it's just uh, it's so good, and I just wanted to make sure that any VR person, because that's what VR is all about, right? It's embodying amazing stories. And, oh, man. I, I want to what, try why, it. it was like a why don't bo- we have... Popped
0: up. What's up? Why don't we have VR, VR JRPGs? There's that's not one. Exactly, there's not there's reason, not, right?
1: Right? one, um, Arcaxer. Arcaxer. Right? And
0: also Zenith is a, is a uh, pretty...
1: Uh, M-
0: uh, yeah, but like a story-driven... Okay, Arcaxer was one I bypassed. Yes. I didn't know that was the type of game. I will have to go play it. I was a huge fan of Chrono Trigger. Um, so good, Coach. Tinkered with Final yes. Fantasy. I've, uh, the only this is weird now, very VR of me. The only Final Fantasy game that I've ever played uh, was Monsters of the Deep, which was off of Final Fantasy ooh, 13 or 14. 13, it was yeah. for PSVR, yeah. right? Um, Fucking weirdest ass fishing game you're ever gonna play, but hey, there you go. I've just dovetailed the two. It oh, was a wait, Final Fantasy talking fishing about game.
2: Final Fantasy fifth, the one before this one actually that that released that they had the PSVR version. Um, I don't remember the the name of the game. I think it's 15. Monsters of the Deep.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might have been fifteen. Might have been fifteen. Yeah. Um, but like it was like you got into it. There were Chocobo. There was like it was all like Final Fantasy stuff in there. But having not had the the background to it, it was like so weird. And the backstory is really strange. Yeah. They were gonna make an FPS, and then they turned it into a Final Fantasy yeah. fishing game yeah. for VR. Like it's the weirdest backstory. But it was actually really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, if I'm gonna combine Galactic Catch with Final Fantasy 16, then boom, That's I just give me a PSVR one baby that someone can go. And and find out for the first time, you know, someone who's like who's like I don't have money for a modern headset, but I still have my PSVR, and uh, there's no new games out for it. Oh, yeah. there you go. I've just given you one. Yeah, so, no, and um, it's
2: and it's remarkable using the cinema mode, right? That's that's the the, the PS five, oh, I think, really it. best feature. It's their their theater room to, to be able to to immerse yourself and turn off the world, and it, it's especially for people that yeah. kind of have difficulty with that, like me. Like I I get distracted 100%. by every little moving object, so being able to just encapsulate the world around me and focus on something it's it's a lot of people have been leading it right back to vr like i think that's really been the what i'm most excited about that people are kind of waking up to that a lot of people hate the idea of like oh they're using vr as a secondary or screen replacement it's like what happens if it's a really good screen replacement what happens if it is a really good singular experience there's nothing wrong with that like please like feed me amazing content into my eyes if you can if they can find a way to inject them i'm with it you know just just make it work i mean
0: yeah and chat chat's kind of jumping up here with a couple of other things that we hadn't said Ooh. uh sub Substatica says uh, "Dischronia chronos alternate yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i've played the chronos series games there's a third one on the way i believe um but it's more that's more like a it's more like a manga or something it's like a it's like an animated uh feature i don't know how you guys found it if you played it but i i found it very slow going and it didn't cultivate the same kind of action. Like when I think of a VR JRPG, I think of those scenes where you've got multi combos between yes. a couple of characters and turn-based yes. animation, or it could be real time, but in VR. So you see all the effects in, you know, full stereo, stereoscopic oh, 3d. Yes. Like I would really appreciate that even just to see the world, even if it was isometric, I don't know. I, I feel like we could do that. You know, I feel yeah. like someone could do that very effectively. And if, if at all that's what Arcaxer was with it you know so because we've had some real-time strategies that were quite good back in the day like brass tactics for example which was a really cool like once off and we still haven't had that but i'd love like company of heroes you know it brought to vr like those games need to come into a, a space where you can actually be there because that would be really cool um but yeah, there's another one there, um, Ruins Magus. I haven't played it, but it was very story-laden. I yeah. don't remember. Is that the one with the fox yes. people? Like, they've all got foxtails?
1: That one's very I JRPG. I, I haven't very JRPG. finished it, but it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you go into dungeon. I forget what they're... There's an official name for it, but they're essentially dungeons, and you're going and finding relics. But there is a, a storyline, and you've got different powers like uh, that use you know various hand positions. Yeah. I would say that one is very much closer to JRPG. At uh, Dischronia, mm-hmm. that one's like interactive anime. Like you I I enjoyed yeah. it, but you have to know what you're getting into I think before you play it. Like you're not going to expect like to actually shoot things or, you know. It's not much.
0: I I I would say it's not western culture. No. Um and that's the thing cuz like my my wife's huge into Japanese and Japanese culture and all that and she's study the language and I, she's always like on her app every single day, you know, listen, listening and learning more. And um, to me, that culture is, is like such a disparity for me. Like I, I, find it difficult to enjoy that even though I like um, a lot of anime and manga for me is, is not necessarily something that I'm into like the paperback stuff, but um, I don't know. It's one of those things, people who love it, love it. You know, and the people who don't know what they're expecting are yeah. like the hell is this, <laughs> this <laughs> It's it's Marmite. It's Marmite uh, in that space. So yeah, I mean the story
1: um, again. I only played the first episode, but I thought I was like, oh, it's other than the ending, which I won't spoil, which maybe is improved with the, you know, following two episodes. I thought, wow, this is pretty good. This I was pretty uh, interested in the in the story for like a, yeah. you know, interactive anime, I guess. So. I gotta try the space. I
2: kind of like that. I kind of like that term, interactive anime. The more, the more I hear it, the (laughs) more I'm like, yeah, that should be like a genre. Like I'm, I'm with it.
0: Well, well, think about all the generative AI stuff. I mean, before long, you'll be able to say, hey, write me an anime that I can partake in. You know, and yeah, tentacles in a world with (laughs) (laughs) you and those tentacles always coming out. Well, anyway, let me, uh, let me address the ghost in the room. So whether flying over handlebars or putting up a fight. AI is going to take over our jobs, and I'll tell you from experience, he's a Cheshire cat at night. His beard is a bittersweet souvenir, a scraggly scrub brush from Australia, uh, so go get that hedge trimmer out, as this maple syruped Canadian is our leading talent of the show. So well, let's give all, uh, old Rowdy a shout, as you'll notice he's away from the show today, but he's here in spirit, just half an inch tall, and standing next to your neck uh, with a miniature pitchfork <laughs> in case any of you get out of hand. So watch out.
1: It's gonna be me. So Roddy'll
0: be back next next episode. He's traveling at the minute and his Wi-Fi is shit, so <laughs> we can't we can't bring him on today. Uh, with that, I'm gonna ask uh, chat, let us know if there's anything else you want to highlight from your uh, past week. I see loads of people in chat uh, they're talking away. Thank you very much. You guys are brimming. And um, hey, what's up, everybody? Very good. Um, I just see the boys there from Between Realities, which I'll I'll call out very briefly. I don't normally do shout-outs here, but um uh, Jose, you featured on the BR show, and it was funny. I saw you, and I was like, "Ha, that's funny!" Just three months <laughs> ago, I lined up to be on next their next yes. show. You know, so that's awesome. Next Friday, um, yeah, and I've got kind of time off work and stuff like that. So,
1: well, I was on their the first. Appearance. I think it was like last year. I know. Even, I, I like saw your episode
0: <laughs> like from like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. was that even before? I can't remember. Were uh, you...
1: Yeah, maybe been before F Reality, even because like that was around that Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was catching up with that yesterday, in fact. Yeah. That was good. Those are good. So shout out to Between Realities. Great, great podcast. Been enjoying that for years. They, If you want to know the personalities of VR, there's no better place than that. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to say, uh, okay, first off, who am I? My name is uh, Zim, and I'm the VR streamer who enjoys long walks on the beach, and I aim to win the Nobel Peace Prize one day. Working very hard at that. But before we go any further, I'm going to first have to answer for my crimes as a gamer, uh, Adam called me out this week for my PS5 gameplay, posting <laughs> to our <laughs> F-Reality group with a little picture that just said, "ZimTalk 5 is playing my friend Peppa Pig.
1: <laughs> I mean, I figured, like, okay, it's on the PlayStation. So it had to be one of your kids, but it looked hilarious seeing that on Discord under your name. I was like, I, I have to say something.
0: <laughs> well, so well, I hope hey, it,
1: a kid. you're one of your kids. Now I'm my, not sure. In my...
0: In my defense, I don't know how that got there, but it is weird <laughs> that Battlefield 2042 shows up as pep Pig. That's all I'm uh, saying. Maybe one of those... You know, back in the day, you could take your Steam games and change the name of the game, so you could just change it to whatever you wanted. It would say, you know, player is playing... I miss you those know. days. Uh. Also, good, good Steam days, mm-hmm. you know, back when you could just... Mock up, like you, you could just pretend like you were playing, you know, like, I don't know, Diablo 4 hadn't been released yet. And you're like, Zimtalk 5 is playing Diablo 4. And your friends are like, hey, how <laughs> are you doing, doing that? Ah, uh,
1: yeah. You're so cool. Yeah.
0: That's another one we need. We need action RPGs fecking in VR as well. Like, wh- wh- why don't we have those games in either? Anyway, all right, I'm going to come off my pedestal. So, my VR highlight for uh, this week um, is I finally descended into the eye opening alien world uh, that is present in Outer Wilds VR using the nomai vr mod um after acclimatizing to the basic controls which include like flying vr spacecraft and just wandering about with a couple of weird alien weapons um the best way i can describe this game without giving away too much because it's one of those special it's like an easter egg that you don't want to open before you open it you know what i mean like it's definitely a spoiler sensitive game as it stands so i'm going to be as nebulous as possible while still giving you some tactile feel for what the game kind of entails um So after I got down the basic controls, the best way to describe it, I would say, is uh, it's an alien solar system, a bit like the VR game 1111, which has you counting down kind of 11 minutes to disaster before the sun blows up, Um, and the system is in trouble that you're in in this world. Uh, So like Mass Effect and other games, things just aren't right, and you've got to leverage your own exploration of that environment uh, and the wisdom of those who went before you. Like, you know, an alien race that was there before you and all that. So in a very Subnautica style manner, in like piecemeal format, you're like putting together facts, the story pieces and learning a bit more. You go into the game like not knowing anything. You feel like a newborn. Um, and from the film world alone, I, I definitely felt like alone and drifting in the ether at some times. And at other times you're like full DEF CON 5, like Red Alert and your, like, eyes are wide open, your hands are gripping your controller tightly, like, it's a very, um, it's like a police job. It's, like, very exciting at some times, and other times you're just, like, floating away in space because you pushed the wrong button. Um, (laughs) Whoops, whoops, (laughs) indeed. I loaded myself into a cannon by mistake and shot myself off into space, so... And the game isn't, like, it's not got an easy reset button, so you're like, feck, now I'm drifting for five minutes and thinking about what I did, you know, (laughs) so but it, it it's it's really good in that respect it it gave you the sense of kind of like being out on your own in space and very few games can captivate that in such a kind of a present manner and I felt the V R controls in the mod were were pretty good now there's something about my configuration that's marring my experience a little bit. I got several crashes, probably eight or so in like a four hour um game run you know it does do kind of auto saves and stuff, so I didn't lose too much progress, which would have been a lot worse um but as you as you kind of peel away layers and learn more about the game world, um, I just I've, I've starting to fall in really deeply curious about uh, Outer Wilds and what it's got. And I'm the kind of guy like if you put me in the game like Minecraft or something, I'll just, you know, like building a project in a house and I'm just running over the hills <laughs> trying to figure out, is there a cave over there? What, I'm an explorer at heart. And this game really does captivate a lot of that. But um, I equate it to a film that I'm a big fan of, which is interstellar Mm. for those who maybe haven't seen it. um, There's like a gravity world they come upon and it's like, you know, what is their normal on that planet could easily be the end of your existence. And so you have to kind of be on the constant lookout and your brain's all like running to keep pace with what are the rules of the road here. Um, So I certainly felt in a few situations in this game, like naked and unawares to the conditions in the operating environment on the new planet. And you go planet to planet with this thing. So um, really cool. So far, I've been told that I haven't even seen, you know, half or whatever of the game has to offer. So I'll be doing a bit that a bit more, but if you're into kind of like simple modding stuff is, this is just a requires a launcher. Kind of like if you've done that for like bone lab, like you download a launcher, you install a couple of simple mods and you click a button and that's it. It's not, it's not like Skyrim modding or anything like that. <laughs> it's really, you know, 10, 15 minutes tops, uh, and you're ready to go. Um, so that was that. Have either of you played around with Outer Wilds, either yeah. in VR or not?
1: No, I, I keep confusing Outer Wilds for Outer Worlds. So at first, I was like, so, "Oh, yeah. Outer Worlds, like that." I like that. I like that game. But then I was like, "Oh no, wait, that's the other one." It's unfortunate they have such a similar name, and I get confused like yeah. most of the time. And
0: they were launched really at a close time <laughs> yeah. to one another as well. It wasn't like it was. It was confusing to me up to the point that I pressed purchase, and I was even then going like, "Does this have VR support? Like, did, <laughs> did I buy the wrong one?" But it was on sale during the Steam stuff, so I. Go ahead and picked it up. So, very good. Well, wh- why not? Uh, what's Phil? Phil saying? Oh my God! The Outer Wilds VR mod is the most amazing gaming experience I've ever had. With a few hints from the internet, I was able to finish such an amazing game, uh, seemingly only indie games have to offer. Yeah, it's it's really cool. They do a lot of things really well, and um, I had slack jawed moments. And I've played sixteen hundred VR games, so I was like. Like I was literally f-bombing my way through some sequences. Uh, it's that cool. So definitely, I would recommend it. Let's go into the news for some appetizers and jump right in. So first off, um, as reported by the Financial Times, uh, the production of Apple Vision Pro, which is Apple's brand-spanking new aluminum and glass battle cruiser, that's due out in 2024, has been limited down from an earlier estimate of 1 million, down just to 150,000 units in the first year. That's quite a dramatic cut, down to like 15% of the original target. Uh, Apparently stems from production challenges. Uh, It seems, though, that newscasters do hop on this stuff (laughs) almost like, this is like, what, a month after the original announcement, and now they're jumping on it just like they did with the Sony's head thing. So what is the doom and gloom? I guess it just gets the clicks or whatever, fair enough. But behind this, right, ultra-high-resolution OLED displays, um, the necessary yield of defect-free displays being a key factor in limitations and supply chain here, it's understandable, particularly for Apple, because they have a certain quality bar to meet. I remember there was a horrible statistic I remember hearing about the original iPad, where, like, literally they were making 10 iPads to sell you one. Like, nine were getting scrapped, and one was going in a box. And that was just like, <laughs> as someone who loves technology, I'm just always kind of very worried about that kind of stuff. Um in the same article, it also alluded to the fact that Apple will get Samsung to make displays for a more affordable headset, uh, back into as far away as 2026. But the idea being that instead of $3,500, maybe you'd get something from Apple that was a thousand or you know 1,500, something that's a, a little bit more palatable for us mere humans. Um, so not surprised at that three years isn't a long time in the VR realm, honestly. Um, so I, I'm happy to wait. Plus it's Apple. So probably won't buy it anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. I,
0: and that's Apple. Good
1: for you. Yeah. Who's going to get it. If you get it, I yeah. guess.
0: <laughs> I still want to see it. I still want to play And it. Play goes to show, it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still glad people who can.
2: Yeah. And it goes to show why people, a lot of, uh, people that speculate on, or were talking about the, the release about the, the headset leading up to its announcement, they were saying how a lot of people behind the scenes were not happy with it's early announcement and it goes to show why um, a lot of people were kind of like, a lot of people that are fans of Apple, when, when they announced the vision headset, a lot of people didn't uh, pick up on the fact that it was cook who announced it. And usually Tim cook doesn't talk about design. It, it's usually right. Johnny, uh, Swo- I forgot his name, but the designer who is their SVP of design is usually the person that talks about the the design approach to what, how they got there. And it, that didn't happen with the Vision Pro, which made me, a lot of people were speculating, maybe behind the scenes, they were unhappy with how they're going to deliver these headsets. And maybe we're going to start mm. seeing the design challenges and the reality of mass producing these, not affecting just Apple. But now if Apple's, this is the sad reality. If everybody uses Apple as the the the, the North Star about how what things can be possibly done, if they're struggling with the mass producing this headset, I don't even want to imagine what
0: everybody else
1: is <laughs> yeah. dealing with. This is Apple. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, the other thing I would say about that is, um, just from a kind of an Apple perspective, right? I, I was trying to ground myself in the in the previous numbers, and I'm sorry I couldn't show it to you. I found this great statistical website that showed what the DK1 and DK2 numbers were in shipment in their first years. Um, it, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't even 100,000 units. I think it was like 50,000 or 70,000 for the DK1. And in some markets, like, and this is uh, numbers that have been aggregated on the web, so maybe it's not officially a reported statistics, and Palmer might wag his finger and say, no, we did much more than that. But like some of the Latin American markets were like, you know, 10 headsets to this island or five to that island, you know, like, you know, very, very small numbers depending on where you're living. Um, and then like fifty thousand, you know, to mainland, you know, U.S. or North America market, and and then the DK two, did kind of doubled that, right? Did some some better numbers, but it really wasn't until the Quest days that you know, uh, Oculus and and co found huge success. I mean, CV one was was rightly successful, but it's Apple's first headset, so I'm not worried. But I think it was worthwhile reiterating that. Um, you know, next year, even if you want one, you might have difficulty getting your hands on. So uh, put your pennies aside and make sure you're ready to F5 like <laughs> mad when pre orders open for that. Okay. Um, next, we've got a nifty new startup that's been announced by ex founder of Live and Rec Fitness, who goes by six C I X. I don't know the story behind his name, but um I'm sure it's out there somewhere. World of Warcraft, War actually. World of Warcraft mm-hmm. yeah. Was it?
1: Yeah, Six Live right. was his World of Warcraft character. Fun fact. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha ha ha. And the Liv
0: was integrated in there even before Live the Company?
1: Yeah. Um he changed, I don't know what his actual last name is, but his last name is Live. So, or is now Live when he changed it. So he had an, is a Necromancer. Necromancer, Six Live, and then eventually. Live the company was born. So badass. It's
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I always love hearing these origin stories. It's really funny. I get that question quite a bit, being a Zim. Uh, he shared on Twitter a new offering called Vendor that claims to leverage, I'll say, eBay or Facebook Marketplace-like item sales using AR, pass-through, and AI. So it was shown in the trailer for this uh, concept, uh, which is just going into beta in a local area. I think, I think it's San Francisco or was it L.A.? Um, there's item detection determining what the item is through, I guess, the iOS stack. Um, And in this case, they're kind of mocking it up now, getting ready with the tools that have been released to developers. Um, But the idea is you could have in in front of your hands an item, in this case, I think it was a Nintendo Switch. Uh, The headset will determine its condition, its value, ask you a few things that you're able to voice back for kind of posting the ad, connect you with a potential buyer, uh, price it around the appropriate kind of range for for a headset, and then within seconds, find you a buyer and, you know, um, matchmake, essentially. And I remember there was a great quote, I wish I had it in front of me, uh, by Bill Gates, which said, The business is all about matchmaking, you know, connecting buyers and sellers. So this, like looking at it as somebody who's got you know after an international move still boxes of stuff to kind of get rid of or sell or pass on to somebody else i think of all the investment time in form filling photo taking all this kind of stuff right and if you can cut some of that stuff out make my workflow faster i'd be very 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 thankful and um my only thoughts there are uh, aside from being yes please are um i'm curious about some of the nuances here like What's their business play? Are they taking five percent, ten percent, a fixed transaction fee? Like, how does the financial model work? I'd be really curious, and I didn't see that exposed. Yeah, yet. I'm more interested in the tech stack.
2: I, I think what I, I remember, uh, Six is a homie, um, so I, I, I talked to him quite a bit. Um, so one of the, the what I'm mostly interested about is the the fact that he's he's a hardware guy, right? So he understands uh, VR uh, better than a lot of people, especially in the business world is the understanding of the optical sensors that these headsets have right so we 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 obviously from the trailer we only are thinking about the optical the visual but think of the layers the, the depth sensors that these headsets have so you'll probably be able to even detect deep scratches in glasses or in the glass or that may not be optically viewable or different filters because you'll be able to mm-hmm. use that in real time like you may be it, it's I'm very interested on that part. It's that you'll be able to visually see something on a, on a like a, a virtual replication of what the person is selling and you'll be able to look at it through different visual filters that, they, that was also captured natively. So maybe you're looking at it in visual, it looks really nice until you use like an IR filter and then you can see like a deep scratch that just doesn't look on a visual surface on the optical screen. So you're going to yeah. start seeing a lot of weird...
0: Yeah, the
2: defects, things the, that we the, see on the, um, the, the, the digital twin. The technology. power of the
0: science behind mm-hmm. that imaging layer is really cool. Like these headsets are loaded with tech, and what they can achieve, like you're saying, right? It's almost untapped at yeah. the moment. Yeah. So, th- this is maybe the first app that I've seen which is really kind of taking that tech and saying, "Hey, let's make a business make it, around it." It's right?
2: incredible. It's a very smart e- That's great. The last time I ever seen something in this or tech technology way is the digital twin stuff they're using for oil uh, oil rigs where they're using drones to detect you know physical differences or weathering i haven't seen this like on consumer <laughs> to, to sell it's awesome it's like man that's such a great idea so it's shout out to six for sure
0: yeah it's and- cool and and again when when you've seen someone again like a Palmer lucky right where like they they do one crazy idea and it works. And they do another crazy idea and it works. Like I love those kinds of founders because you have to throw everything in you as a person on the line, along with business, along with the money side, right? You have to have a head for business and be able to make it worthwhile as well. All that stuff is a giant balancing act. Lo- lo- love product designers, product managers like that who come up with that stuff. So
1: you know what I realized. Yeah, always
0: always looking to one up.
1: This this actually has more than three letters in this product. (laughs) He said, right? Live your wreck but vendor GG. Wow. We're, we're expanding it's a got little double. bit here.
0: <laughs> I mean, we expect twice as much from you six. There yeah. you go.
1: Now, but I think this is cool. Uh, Cause I, uh, I've sold a lot of stuff on eBay and it is so te- I mean, it's gotten better, but it's still tedious to have to do the title listing, all the categories and pictures and all that crap. So I don't know if I would necessarily need something like this in VR, but even just to take my phone and be like, here's what this is, pull all of the information and autofill it. So I don't have to do that. Cause it's, it's awful. Like I would hire somebody to do that. It's so annoying. It's an annoying task. So I like the concept. It seems like mm. he said this is coming on iOS and a Discord bot. I don't know how that is going to work, like Discord bot wise and everything. I didn't
0: understand that integration either. But um, hmm, we'll see. Not social. Must be something else. Maybe that's just their integration layer. You know, with with their cloud equ- equivalently. Uh, that that might be it. Discord's an easy. Um, API for hooking, I would imagine. That's probably what it's there for. Um, Okay, so there's that. Those are kind of two bits about AR. Let's go on to the third one. One more nifty AR piece from Twitter is kind of similar to... Uh, weather reporting stuff we've seen before. We used to see those like I think it was Florida, Florida like hurricane strength, water <laughs> flood levels, where you're, you know, a reporter standing in the middle of a storm and he's like, "This is three feet, this is nine feet," so people realize exactly what that looks like and how scary it can be. Um, well, now there's um, this really cool concept in a room uh, with like a proper LED stage panel lit room. And it's based on your gestures and sound mapping that a storm is happening all around you on this stage. And I look at this thing, Adam's now showing it on, on the live feed. Uh, but think of going to a party or something where you've got this like giant storm all around you. That's your, you know, dance floor at your wedding or what? I don't know. It looks pretty fucking <laughs> rad. Like it go to a party like that. That looks pretty sick.
1: It does. I, I feel like in this particular one, I'm I feel like I'd get sick somehow, though, because there's too yeah. much rapid movement going on in a room. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm not moving, but everything else is moving. So I can see in cool use cases. But this particular one, I'm like, Jesus, I'd get so sick. I think
0: yeah, a room full of drunk people. Man, there'd be so <laughs> yeah. much vomit like just flying everywhere. This <laughs> is like, like yeah, yeah, it's people get real teammates. life seasick.
2: <laughs> That's kind of oh. like how I lucid, you say Jose? Uh, it's like lucid dreaming to me. That's how I lucid dream. Oh, I, I, my lucid dreaming is that I am like, I feel out, like I'm in a glass box seeing the world happen inside, like outside the glass box. So it really, yeah, oh. that's kind of how exactly what it looks like to me. It's like, whoa, I can't, handle it
0: reminds it. me of a game that, um, it was a side loaded game, uh, called high seas VR, which put you in command of a ship on, I think it was Oculus go. Go. And it was one of these side-loaded titles or Samsung Gear VR, I think, could do it as well. But you were off on a boat and it was almost like a room escape. In other words, you were in a boat in a fixed position with like handles or levers and things you could manipulate. And you could go back to the engine room and manipulate that or fix the engine. But the idea was have your ship survive a monster storm. And you don't need George Clooney or whomever to appreciate it. It was insane being in when like these giant waves. I know we were talking about Interstellar and they feature in that film. But these giant like ship killing waves were coming across your bow in VR. And you were having to like turn the ship and all that through these rudimentary like three off controls. It felt a little clunky, but it still felt immersive. And we still haven't seen like a storm bearing game like that. Uh, again you know sail your ship across the ocean blue or whatever i imagine water physics and all of that would be kind of difficult to do but yeah so if you haven't if you haven't heard or seen that there's another one if you got an old oculus go headset i don't know if you can even download stuff from the store anymore but <laughs> or or sideload all that might be shuttered at this point um but high seas was pretty rad okay so those are three like ar projects just wanted to spot um That's kind of us on the dance in the direction of mainstream from newscasters to Apple. But speaking of things going mainstream, uh, we previously talked on the show about comedian Tom Segura, the war hero who got caught with his buddies in Fallujah and his love of VR. So here's another mainstream lad who's smitten with VR and his his excitement for the medium was just infectious. Uh, he's a well-known UFC and jiu-jitsu fighter uh, who was featured on uh, Joe Rogan's MMA podcast, a guy called Matt Sarah, And his power level went well over 9,000 in his hype when he was talking about Population 1 and his love for the game. Um, it's been a couple of years, so some of you might not know what Pop 1 is. It's a Battle Royale title uh, that's been going strong for quite some time across multiple platforms. And it recently went free to play on Quest. So if you didn't realize that, go get your free gaming on because that game is fun. And hey, there's nothing like popping a banana in the middle of a firefight. Um, but aside from thinking that that particular, you know, that that Matt, this bald, muscular man, was just some kind of genetic clone of Joe Rogan himself when I first saw the clip. Um, and like the old film Multiplicity, he didn't start licking pizza to my chagrin. Uh, but here's a few fun quotes from, from that feature. This guy said, i sure get some dopamine i'm fucking yelling i'm gonna snipe i'm gonna snipe and as i'm shooting my wife comes in and smacks me in my balls saying yeah you think you're getting some later because he thinks he's like hot shit when he's like sniping away <laughs> in this game and he gets super amped up and, and then he says like he's like i can't go back to regular games after oculus quest it's just so immersive firstly i love that he said oculus again ha 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 I'll <laughs> say that again, uh still, right it, and I still think it should be that way, but man, this guy like seeing somebody get so hyped up about it and he's he's had a vibe he's he's not new to this, right but he's still so animated it as a guy who's very much an admittedly closet gamer. Because I'm like, I bank by day, I game by night, right? <laughs> I'm aware of opinions of others, looking down on gaming. And um, as almost like a poor life choice, like my parents both kind of rejected the whole gaming thing generally. My brother went and became a, you know, a beef eater like Jim Buff guy <laughs> after we used to lay on his Counter-Strike and he gave up all of that. Dard. So for me personally, when you see somebody like a real normie being so over, over the moon about the whole thing, I just eat that enthusiasm up and it's like a personal model for me. Uh, you know, that is it something I still kind of personally deal with? Like, I'm really excited. I can be talking excitedly with you guys, but if I'm in a room with somebody who's like, nobody's a gamer, yeah. you'll see me clam up. Right. And I've been that way a lot. I, and I, so this is a sad thing to say, but like, I feel for gay guys who like have to come out of the closet, so to speak, because I had to do that at one point, like with my boss at work where I was like, you know, my big hobby is like, I'm into games and stuff, you know, what it's, it's difficult. <laughs> It's difficult <laughs> and it's funny. It's it's kind of silly, but I I feel it. It's yeah. a real thing. It's just you know. So I I love seeing people in normal mainstream get so animated about it. I can't wait to see more of that. I know it's a for me it's a guarantee. Like that's definitely coming. Right? Like definitely has the potential
2: to do that, and it's so cool. I I, I saw that that interview. I, I I love MMA. I don't know if I ever mentioned that, but I follow MMA. I love uh fighting sports and. Being able to VR is the only I, I think gaming esque medium that uh can definitely uh make it cool. It definitely has a cool factor there. It it breaks down the the barrier of that, that old school stigma it's like, oh you're sitting down playing video games, but now you're actually moving around and and, and actually using, you know, your 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 body to, to do things. And it's really cool that MMA fighters, people who are in the athletic world are kind of the the right me- candy with the medicine for getting people into VR. <laughs> so I I just um I keep I keep hoping that there was actually another I thought you were going to talk about that when you mentioned MMA, but there was a video that recently also went viral which was showing combat sports using VR and I wish I could have um put posted a link on that I'll probably posted after the 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 post on, the on the Twitter. Twitter. They were yeah. doing karate
1: with the Pico headset. They were doing karate, I like, yes. How?
0: Oh. Yeah, because it's something like leg tracking, or were they using a motion? I remember seeing it yeah. and thinking, I was like, I don't buy it. Like yeah. I, I love the idea, the concept, but I was like, yeah, no way that's good enough right yeah, there now. They were using sensors,
2: but I don't know what the sensors were tracking, really. I
0: forget Yeah, what they were using. I saw that as well, and maybe a week ago or so, mm-hmm. but um, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. And the cool thing is, like doesn't matter how you are today you can like you can get fit you can get hot looking like just playing VR games every day you know what I mean like it's crazy that like like you said VR gaming is not this is a very different type of gaming right it's full in it's all involved um, and it is that much richer and and it it means to me like whereas you might just want to have a quick bite of cho- chocolate bar it's like having the full chocolate fudge cake mm-hmm. that's what VR is like for me like and I and I, I have to pick my days carefully I'd be like okay It's a fudge cake day. I'm getting the headset on five hours deep. I'm going right. And that's how I treat it. It's almost like in my immersion tank. Uh, I disappear for a while. I get immersed. And like you, Jose, I use that cinema mode, which to some people they might, you know, turn their nose up at it. But I use that to reduce the distractions around me Mm -hmm. when I have time and I don't have to be watching after a kid or, you know, keeping some animal alive. (laughs) You can just disappear for a little while, uh, forget the real, real world and go to a different world. And it's super fun, as you said. But I feel like that's good for your, uh, VR can be really good for your mental health as well as your physical well-being. Um, and these guys are showing it. And it's so great. Just, I love seeing their excitement for it. And generally speaking, you'd think, uh, you know, someone like on Joe's podcast that they just tear, tear us all the hole mm-hmm. on this. But they don't. They generally say, it's too good. And that's why I don't do it. Or, you know, for the people who abstain from VR and do know what it's like. Uh, Like Joe himself, he tries to stay away from games because it would destroy his career, and I totally understand, especially when you got that much much money and fame. Uh, So with that, and uh, if you can't be yourself, well, don't worry, because uh, soon the friendly devs behind Wanderer are going to help you be someone else with both eye-tracking and full-body metahumans from the Unreal Engine 5 engine. Uh, The recreation of Wanderer, which I'll remind you was Zim's Game of the Year in 2022, is coming to life again, only a little bit more than a year later, across multiple platforms, including PSVR 2, my platform of choice at the moment. Um, And the title is called The Fragments of Fate for this new game. So we might have touched on this on a previous podcast, but they keep giving us more detail. And seeing this in-the-mirror stare of your metahuman character just looks really captivating, especially when you can, you know, make eye contact with yourself in the mirror (laughs) and you're, like, checking yourself out. You know, don't I look fancy? Look at my bling, you know?
1: I, it's been, I feel like a terrible VR person to say that I hadn't played Wanderer yet, but but for sure now I'm kind of, not glad, but I'm happy because, like, ooh, I really want to try on the PlayStation now seeing all this. Like, that is so cool. So I'm, you know what? I, I do feel guilty that yes, I haven't played it yet, but, but I will for sure now play it on the, on the PlayStation. Cause I'm super, I love that kind of stuff. Anything sort of avatar-y or, you know, using the eye tracking, which is so unique yeah. to, uh, you know, the PlayStation. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. They posted this. Cause then it just, again, makes me feel like slightly less guilty about not having tried it on Steam yet. <laughs> it's
0: really high fidelity. Yeah, even is. compared to the game that they put out again, they probably developed that two, three years ago or something, but it's, It's it's a maybe a two x factor of resolution in detail and I don't just mean like they've moved the texture and doubled it I mean in in the objects in the scene and the details the dead astronaut on the moon like there's all this stuff and you go through so many ages and again I'll keep the I'll keep the spoiler free but it's like (laughs) that game is like for me it was like 15 hours of some of the best VR gaming I mean I, I would put it up there. Next to, like, an Alex-level experience, I think I liked Wanderer a little bit better than Alex, personally. Um, the puzzles aren't easy, nor are they, you know, missed level like, sizzling your gray matter. Thank God. Uh, but I think you'll find a lot of fun. Like, you'll find moments of frustration, but then you'll want to walk through the scene again a couple times, your brain will piece it together, and you'll find your way through it. So, if I can do it, you can do it. For
1: sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't play Mist game well, I used, like a long time ago, so I don't know. Not not that you said it's anything compared to Mist, but puzzles and me don't always get along very well. But I would be willing to give it a shot just from all of the really great things that I've been seeing uh, about Wanderer. And I feel bad. I don't I I don't feel like it's talked about um as much. It's not like, talked it, about it yeah, enough, which surprising. is
0: why I think this play is super smart because Wanderer got some fanfare, but it came out of left field. It was in it was released like January twenty-two, and then A lot of people liked it, but it didn't really get much fanfare. And so them reinvesting and re-releasing it is, I think, from their side, they must think, oh, this is a kind of a dangerous move. But when you know you've got gold and it's done really well, putting it on a new platform, bringing new detail to it, that's super smart. I hope they make triple what they made the first time around.
1: Yeah, Um,
2: smart.
0: On that game. So there you go i
2: love the aesthetic um, like, i i i I, identify, I definitely was scared and concerned to like uh, 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 join adam and admitting that she that i'm not playing it but <laughs> you know looking at the aesthetic and the art style i think i'm comfortable also admitting that i haven't played it because it's definitely something i might actually pick up
0: this is the thing yeah. like people will have and I, I only barely picked it up after i think it was mike and nathie had suggested it to me mm. um having you know when they when they had gotten kind of early access to it and then i waited mostly almost a year before i played it and when i played it i was like veck this is really great you know and there's a few of those titles in vr where you're like basically unmissable and so I'm um, you should both definitely play it on psvr too although i i don't replay games i almost never replay games but this one maybe because it looks so different you know um anyway and if you can't afford a whole game why not just pay an elf girl to eat candy on TikTok? Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh you two can live your best life shoving peppermint treats into this fairy here, Sally. <laughs> Cherry Crush TV, uh who brands herself as your very own AI Tamagotchi, uh, is known for mimicking idle animations and reacting to when people send gifts. Uh gifts, not gifts. <laughs> gifts and gifts. Gift, gifts. Sometimes gifts can be a gift. Oh yes. <laughs> and um uh, this is this is a trend that's been bubbling up for over the last year it's a trend of npc streaming where people act like non-player characters on tiktok live for gifts and it's been going viral um cherry was an asmr youtuber in 2015 and amassed millions of followers since she's an english american content creator in miami florida so, just right up your street, there, Jose. Yeah. This is your I would people. like to admit what I'm moonlighting
2: now. I didn't know you were going to expose me in that reality like this. But, uh.
0: <laughs> I would love it if that was yeah. so true. You like, like, pull a mask on, dude? That'd be amazing. I'd, I'd pay to feed you candy, Jose. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah and it's it's like, so bizarre I, I this entire so and, and you said it's been happening for almost a year it's actually happening before yeah. that this is like an evolution of something that's been stemming for quite a bit a lot of people don't realize yeah, is that repetitive patterns for kids end up evolving like I, I don't know if, if um, you have seen the research on this but there are kids who are developing lisps because they're imitating the content creators who are imitating this so their their language, oh, the way yeah. they talk, the, the way there's there's actually people who have developed uh wow. uh reprogramming uh issues because they have been doing this for long sessions to the point that it reprograms their speaking, their their behavior patterns, their Jeez. it's 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 scary.
0: You mean because of the auto interrupt, like when you're speaking, but then you like an NPC would talk, you interrupt your own sentence? Correct. And so you're look wow. okay, at these like speech participles in there. There is a lot of
2: social nifty forcing that's happening with these tools. Actually, the um, oh. I I learned I don't know if you guys ever heard of the millennial pause, but it's something that I learned through TikTok. It's something that kids do not like, and it's when you start a video. And if you think of millennial videos of YouTube back in the day, the video would start with somebody going, and then they start talking. They don't. If you look at modern YouTube videos, that small yep. pause of time. It's time wasted, and time is what these kids Create care about the most. That's why they're 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 optimizing the views and the videos. Like there's videos now where they have a person live streaming playing a game while also drawing while also having the chat on the I screen. I that's yeah. that
1: so much. Where you, it's like whatever is that? They, it's always the same game, like random, like Flappy Birds or something. During the and I'm like, this is too much. But maybe because I'm old or older. Or it's, older exactly it's exactly that. It's so
0: exactly that. They are they are now attuned to be. I remember a comedian was talking about this. They're like, how many screens can I? I get between me and the television like i need my ipad my phone a switch you know and then the tv and honestly being completely honest my average session when i'm watching something is three screens mm-hmm. it's, i've got three screens going i'm watching a kid on a baby cam or something i'm checking my social feed and i'm watching a movie and probably a fourth thing as well maybe I have my laptop open doing some work or whatever it's like it's mad that we're there now but that content is evolving this is another example of that evolving and i have to pull out. We've done this before on the show, uh but Anton Hand, uh from, you know, H3VR and known for his kind of push into VR, some of the things he says just hit the nail on the head so hard and this is one of them. So this is Anton's feedback on this otherwise kind of daunting, scary look at content <laughs> creation. He says, "I love coming across a piece of media that triggers a genuine feeling of revulsion to self-analyze with. In this case, it is that this vid so perfectly distills what we are all doing now as media makers. This performer has just optimized it all the way to the fucking bone. And in what we're seeing, just to narrate again for those who did, couldn't see the video, right? It's a girl with elf ears who's all makeup up, and she's reacting to gifts of like treats or food on screen like she's nomming them like nom 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 and then she'll do something else and then someone gives more food and it's nom 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 again it's all very repetitive action like Jose was talking to um but i agree with anton it's really really interesting to see the direction that content creation is taking uh you can totally kill me if you ever see me doing that because <laughs> no way
1: <laughs> you don't
0: want <laughs> to do repetitive we've motions? all done <laughs> oh i have to yeah there's <laughs> there's sites for that but it's like i don't know it's uh it's a uh, it's a really interesting thing that, that there's an audience for this. It's yeah. similar to the the sand sifters on TikTok, who, you know, there's a, a bed of sand, they're pulling gifts or rocks, shiny rocks out of the sand, and people just, they enjoy that. Yeah. It's like opening Pokemon cards, right? It's like this little element of surprise, a little dopamine hit for you. I um, think it's
2: it's something to do with, uh, I, I forget what they call it, but it's, it's granular manipulation. I think that we're obsessed mm. with having the ability to, Man, not not manipulate but to create some kind of effect on whatever we're watching uh most of the that's why tiktok has has figured it out better than anyone interactability live stream twitch was kind of like the first part of it of getting people to interact yeah. with the viewer but what happens when you have somebody that they, they they twitch kind of had the person playing a video game talking to the audience but now you're interacting with the audience directly which is you're the, the person who's commenting is actually affecting you directly. So anything that allows the viewer or the person that's on the screen to interact with the person, because the the, the licks and the ice cream, those licks cost money, right? So you're right. paying money. This is camp, this webcam modeling, uh, psychology almost and we're going to start seeing um weird like we, that's a a weird one but there's also like the exciting fun ones right like there's a the, an asia I, I don't know who's if anyone's doing it in the us but there's uh asian dj's now who are djing on a platform that is using the the chat room to individualize each username as a person dancing on the on the dance floor. So uh, that's when so cool. you huh. I love when stuff you look like at huh. So if you enter the, the TikTok live feed, you see yourself dancing and you just see this like little stick character so dancing with your with your avatar's head. So <laughs> if you pay money, you can change the dance moves. So if you like the song and you pay like a few cents buying those little stickers, your character starts smart. dancing differently and now you have people chatting on the screen just so they can manipulate the character they're looking on the Man. the stage. We're also seeing um, a really cool case study that I probably shouldn't be talking here because somebody's going to steal it. But if they want it, go ahead. Um, there's a business model that's being born where people are controlling RC cars on TikTok or on Twitch.
0: So you log I in geek on out Twitch over stuff
1: like that. So cool! I love yes. those kind of integrations. It's you know? so fun.
0: We a couple of years ago we covered. Um, uh, it was it was it was it was uh, a place that's not too far from, oh, what was it called? It was like Isotopia, Chernobyl. Uh, you could drive battle tanks through a city of Chernobyl, multi-tier level, um, with tanks that were maybe the size of a shoebox, and you'd get credits. Yes. And you were Uh-oh. live streaming the camera and controlling the tank Whoa. that was sitting there in, I think it was in either Ukraine or it was one of those European block countries and the lag was, it was pretty close. And so like Rowdy and I, I think it was Rowdy and I went head to head and we uh. went playing like, and you shoot the other person's tank and you go pick up like almost AR uh, pickups as well. And it's all there controlled and humans are there, there yeah. to do it. And so you buy, like you rent time and you rent a tank and you drive against other people. Oh, that's so cool. it, was fucking awesome. yes. it was awesome. It was awesome. And they had to shut down. Uh, In the end, I think they're I think they're closed now. But they only just shut down shortly after the Russia Ukraine stuff kicked off. Uh, um, they were kind of limping for a while. Hey, there, if anyone wants to but, bring this to yeah. I, isotopia,
2: I'm here. Like reach out to me. I'm ready to make it happen. It works. <laughs> and this is something <laughs> fucking, I've been wanting works. to do for a while. It's uh, but that's exactly so cool. what it is. It's the, the direct feedback control that is yep. such a. It, it, it really is enticing like i, I to be honest with you the, the the video that you're talking about i saw i wish i i, I didn't watch it for as long as i did because i was so <laughs> fascinated by it because people were really giving this chick money for interacting with the with the gifts and it's like wow like Exactly. And when you and when you start really knowing the business model behind TikTok and knowing that each ice cream scoop is like three dollars and they're like flying on the screen, that's really the the magic that she's like, wow, she is raking up in like the ten minutes I've been watching this <laughs> at least a hundred thousand dollars just people
0: gifting her stuff. That's awesome. crazy. People love the power, though, and I mm-hmm. think, it, you know, empowering your audience to interact where you can feels great. I mean, I remember watching interactive Skyrim streams where we dropped 100, you know, 100 cheese wheels on the head of the character for the guy who was live streaming it. You know, or you spawn in a dragon and they get eaten or whatever the case is, like th- that interactivity in, in in streams is very powerful. I use it in my own show, um, you know, and that's generally people like to torture me for money or food. And it's like, yeah, feck it, it's great. It makes for a very entertaining Unique show. So, you know, by no means am I uh, saying bad things about this gal, but just there's no fucking way I'd be able to do that. And the people who put that NPC behavior thing on, like the ones who've done it for videos or TikToks or whatever, but for like to do that for a long form live stream, that's got to be tough. And uh, like Jose was saying, probably changing you at a DNA level at some point. You yeah, are if yourself. If that starts to
1: become habitual outside, you're like, oh yeah, I'm not streaming. Stop doing this idle animation. You know, like, oh, I wonder if man. that would start to, you do it so somebody long, it starts character. to affect you <laughs> in, outside <laughs> of streaming, you
2: know? Oh man, like somebody gets bothered oh, by creepy. a corporate company and like they break character halfway through a stream. It's like, I no longer <laughs> want to be owned by this. <laughs> just like, stops interacting. Don't send
1: me no <laughs> more ice creams.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Never has
1: ice cream ever again. Uh, that's a Black Mirror episode. Me of... That's
2: what I want. That that's a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> Somebody who is who has been reprogrammed doing live streams 24-7 and they just they just snap just halfway
0: through. There's a good horror film like that. I think it's called Cam. Uh Cam. I think it's just the C-A-M. Uh, which is a live streamer who has her um Identity stolen or something like that, oh, and man. it shows you the whole behind the scenes and motivation of it. It was really makes a good watch. I don't think it was too much of a slasher either, so I don't I don't remember though. So, buy or beware <laughs> if you if you go and watch that thing. Let's make the, so,
2: a real thing before you end it. Let's make the podcast interactive. Yeah. Let's let's definitely find a way to have the chat. Maybe we could put shock collars if somebody's us. boring bored with the topic. <laughs> they can shock us remotely.
1: Like I'm with you it. You can wear the shock collar, not not me. We'll pass on that <laughs> one. <laughs>
0: I'd pay to shock Jose too. E candy, shock. Just two buttons, right?
1: No, oh, it's the, um, what is it? The OO vest. We would just have to equip ourselves with that, figure out how to integrate it with Twitch, and then people could just shock oh. random parts of our muscles for
0: yeah. fun or money. Falling out think. of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right. The future of F reality is <laughs> looking bleak. Uh, well, on the last podcast, we spoke about Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. Getting into the ring, and hey, they seem to be going at it corporate style now. In a well-timed move by Meta, they launched a new social app called Threads, uh, which allows you to import your existing Instagram social ties, and overnight was a pretty big boom, leading to more than 100 million users in a week since launch. Now, maybe Elon will say that's half bots, but uh, I don't know who's counting, right? Um, it It seemed to be pretty popular, or their campaign worked. I love the idea of actually importing an existing social network uh, well, sorry, an existing social platform to springboard from and do the social network thing. So the network doesn't have to organically grow from basic principles, because I feel like that just is not going to work or not going to work easily. So I thought that was a very smart play. But um, yeah, did you guys jump on that? Did you get a Threads account? Like, what's your what's your take on the whole thing?
1: I did. Um, I've made a total of one post so far. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm working on it because I actually I have been sad about sort of the Twitter changes lately and all the weird Musk things. So I'm even though I feel like I'm kind of switching from one evil to another evil. I'm like, well, I guess there's not really many other options that are, like you said, sort of self-populating because I I used to use Instagram. So it was kind of nice to almost reconnect with people that I hadn't talked to on Instagram in years to be like, oh, yeah, okay, this person's still alive. That's great. So uh, I, the only thing is I wish it was on a uh, browser too. And I might be a rarity. I, I realize most people probably um, are using these kinds of apps on their phones now. So that's a you know priority. But man, I, I, I use Twitter on my browser a lot. So I really, really, really would love uh, browser threads eventually. Right. But I'll give it a shot. Uh, so far, it's clean. It's simple. So far, there's no ads on it. <laughs> so and it's just not going to take long. But um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I can't we'll can't, see. can't take, take long for meta. Um, what about you, Jose? I I got two posts on on you, Adam. So I got three total. Um, I <laughs> oh.
2: I've been on this since day one. Actually, the day before day Damn. one, I I, uh, I got a little invite code. So I um I love the the approach. I think this is I I like to call it the the Twitter for Gen Z. This is you know it, it's definitely going to create um a different approach to like rapid social media i think it's actually solidifying Twitter's space um and position you mentioned yourself uh, browser control i think twitter is going to become what it weirdly was being used for already before the the takeover which is more professional-ish social media without the ais going rampant and all that um I, I love their their imaging compression like little nerd stuff like that like the the fact that they're using instagram's image compression and video compression on a rapid platform like threads you don't see that with twitter you know get like have good luck trying to upload a 1080p video even if you're yeah, pay, exactly. paying for the eight dollar subscription and all that it, it just it's not optimized for media and i think that's what um threads does really really well from the get-go and it's and it also solidifies mark right because we we, we kind of started associating mark with vr and we forget mark is a connections person he is a network is a social media person it's really what he does best so being like threads was not made in a month you know what i mean like this exists you can tell that this existed for quite a while he was just waiting for the right moment to pull the trigger and the whole beef with him on public trying to fight with them the like I, I don't know if you're gonna we're gonna touch up on, on that a, a bit but also the the politics behind platforms right because that's mm. kind of the the really big value that's also kind of happening where Twitter's positioning itself with an old school to the internet approach which is anonymous voices must be heard regardless if they're anonymous or not and
0: Mark is yeah. every account must be accountable for what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So uh, I'm in third place here in the F reality (laughs) run. I don't have a single post. There's a reason. Uh, I've I've been banned for 180 days (laughs) for my sins. So something I didn't that took me by surprise. This is taking me by surprise with Mark's products before um, back in the Facebook era. Um, So the fact so I went to set up an account. I was like, all right. Zimtalk5 or whatever, I didn't have an Instagram account because years ago, some teenager in England, I think, uh, picked up for some reason Zimtalk5 and sat on my name. And I was like, oh, fuck you, Instagram. I'm not going to do it. And so I never made an Instagram account after that. And fast forward, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Now I'm like, shit, now I need to back an Instagram (laughs) account. So I tried to put in, I don't know, ZimVR Live or some some alternative um, account name, submitted, Uh click through and it's like, you're not who you say you are. And this isn't a real name, and therefore you can't sign up for 180 days or whatever. Like and and so I appealed and I was like, shit, so you have to use your full you have to use your full real name. And I didn't realize that. And so I think I must have attested to the fact that it was like by their terms and conditions, and then now they're challenging it and with no really course for rebuttal, I'm gonna be stuck Sitting outside, looking through the window for 180 days oh, at your accounts. So man. you got 180 days to both get famous. Okay, <laughs> I want nothing less than this. And uh, by that point, then I'll be friends with both of you. <laughs> if you don't accept, you're off the podcast. That's... Right. That's it. Yeah, it, it's kind of scary <laughs> the,
2: the 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 approach of the using the password because I I had to do the the meta no. verification thing and I had to like give them a picture. Wait,
0: what's the password thing about Jose? Uh, I don't I meta meta
2: verification. Anyway. It is kind of their Instagram blue check mark. They introduced that yep. also, and where Twitter just charges you money to give you the verification, Meta wants your passport. They want your ID. They want yeah passport. Yeah. Okay, I thought you said password. No passport. Okay, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want your oh. government. They want to get your actual ID and your name. And it, it's it's very interesting because we're we're, oh. I, I it's it's really weird because I, I I see people on both sides talking about this, and if you would have asked me maybe like ten years ago about. My opinion, I would have been like, yeah, Twitter, you know, like, you know, like, screw anonymous accounts. But also now that I run a business and 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 you start seeing things from a different perspective, and you start realizing, man, like, I wish that whoever is posting this or saying this, you know, can back it up with their credibility and their name. It, it, yeah, it really, it's, it's a really weird um, reality
0: that one has to kind of like um, accept. Well, that's what I liked about Horizon. Um I liked about Horizon versus Rec Room and VRChat was that it was it, it honestly felt like a curated or policed environment and it was right they're listening in and uh there was an age bar and a few different things but um it it felt more like an adult place to go and hang out. I didn't like Horizon the platform for the platform but the way it was run and how it felt it didn't feel so chaotic and that's where social media sometimes goes. It goes to like I can say whatever the feck I want. I'm behind here. And it doesn't matter if I tell, you know, jump on Adam's account and say a bunch of shit and it makes her feel terrible that day. And I'm not accountable for any of it. You know, like I do feel like accountability in the age of the internet must exist has some level of importance. Mm-hmm. Right. And now that we're moving into a space where take VR, right. You can get groped in VR virtually at least. Right. Um, we're not, we're, thankfully not to the point where haptic feedback comes right through and Hey, Jose, stop grabbing my ass. Yeah. You know, like that we're not there yet, but it's 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 like, what world do we want to live in? I feel like a world where accountability is a part of our day to day as the default makes sense, provided there's still some avenue for I'd like to post something anonymously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think it needs kind of both. Uh, but I, I would think that the, the default for accountability is important, like it is in person. Like if I walk up to you, you're going to see my face. You're going to recognize who I am it's probably difficult for me to run away really fast, right? And you might punch me in the face. So there's some accountability in that conversation no matter what happens now. So So, there you go. It's so
1: hard though, because I think about, you know, not most people are not creators, but when I think of the people that get swatted or they get some kind of weird stalker, (laughs) like you can literally find anyone where -hmm. they live on Google so easily. So that's, I think that's the part that scares me is I, like there are so many times where I'm like, give me your name, you stupid commenter. Like, you know, have accountability. But on the yeah. flip side, I'm like, oh god, like there are creepy, well-intent people out there that once they have, yes. you know, just a, just a little bit of information about you, they're going to use that to do terrible, terrible things. Yeah. So it's like, ah, yeah. I don't know, it's hard. I I don't really know what side I'm on. They both kind of, yeah. they both kind of suck. Or they're it's an know. evolution of the reality.
2: Yeah. I I speak to this a lot to to with, with a lot of people. It's that. I think we got so used to the old definition of words like privacy and security. And the truth of the matter is that everything, those words meant something on the context of time. And now things are changing. I think that the, the word privacy doesn't mean what it meant back in the day. I think privacy now means doing the best that you can with the little things you can control. And that's really unfortunately and it sucks because it's kind of being told like hey do the best you can with the limited things that you have in your mm-hmm. disposal but that's the truth is that we're we're're we're in the era of being able to see through walls with wireless <laughs> with wireless signals so what does privacy even mean now that somebody with a van with a forensics wireless kit can just park outside your house and see through 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 your house right so
0: that's why I live in the basement.
2: There you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we should
2: definitely uh, make, yeah. yeah make make uh bring that back. Man. Let's bring <laughs> lead back, uh, asbestos, all of those weird yeah, things, things that are toxic but you can't see through the through the walls. Let's bring them back. Just don't lick anything.
1: <laughs> Just don't lick. there yeah, oh, you go. Oh, you want privacy? You do want <laughs> to be seen through the walls?
0: out of quotes off this podcast today. Oh my god, <laughs> you two are gold. All right. Um, well, I'll be honest, right? I did want to call this podcast when I was thinking about names, right? I was like, can we just call this the, can we please do anything but talk about Roblox VR? Um, so let's keep this bloody short. Okay. This part. Roblox is coming to App Lab and Beta. Now, Roblox has been around. And uh, my daughter's played something called Baby Hands, where the <laughs> VR player holds out their hands and there's pc players and they hold them up and if you like you can just drop them into the abyss that's super fun so it works it will work i think it'll be quite popular and that's literally everything (laughs) i have to say about roblox i wish i had like a a, a
2: big red button that has like a 10 year old screeching sound of joy just (laughs) pressing it every time i hear the word roblox you just press it
1: okay i yeah they're gonna love it that game is
2: going to blow up the holiday I don't season. know enough uh,
1: about Roblox, though. I, I wish that I had more of an opinion, but I haven't really dived into it. I don't know what's possible. It, like, the social features versus development features, monetization. Like, I don't really know much about it. It has
0: all that. <laughs> it's it's a game maker. It's a game maker in, in short, right? It's an engine slash game maker. So people come up with, and it's a great place for budding developers. Uh, it is an absolutely great place if you have a game idea. In the same way that, Creators in Rec Room will go in with the Maker Pen and they'll be like, ooh, I can make a haunted house or I can make a car that I can sell. Like Roblox is like that, blockier, chunkier, looks terrible, like it's the trashiest looking (laughs) interface that you've ever imagined. UI overlapping on UI, like it's mental. But in terms of sheer gameplay design and fun, you can find some great stuff in there. They built a you know?
2: community around the Minecraft engine, essentially. It's an engine with a community and the kids love it. Like the the, the, the communities, the, the, my nephews, my nieces, The I'm in the arcade and the LBE space, so I talk to, to a lot of uh, uh, younger audiences. And the weirdness of it all is, it's the, the first thing they mentioned is Roblox. Like you mentioned VR yeah. and it's Roblox. And, and, and the weird thing is that Roblox in VR has existed for a while. And Mm -hmm. only the hardcore of enthusiasts in Roblox are already using it. And the weirdest thing is that I have never met somebody who mentions Roblox that isn't a hardcore enthusiast. So I don't know what those numbers look like for them. But I think that this is just them being like, okay, well, it's going to spill over to the public anyway. So let's do it this holiday season. They lowered the age bracket down to 10 with meta that
0: it's all connected. It's Yeah, the, but the 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 overlap like what you're saying there, Jose. Like the overlap of someone who owns a VR headset or has access to a VR headset, PC VR, and Roblox <laughs> and its VR compatibility is like a very small yeah. like Venn diagram overlap. Like very small. Standalone, like on my quest, Roblox <laughs> is man. Like you like it's gonna be. I wouldn't be surprised if they got six digit figures yeah, and users. I am a hundred.
2: I I went to that's my this that's year. a bet. I am making that bet. There the roblox train is going to change things that's i i i see the energy like these kids that that's their that's their that's
0: their new minecraft good for meta Mm -hmm. it's very good for meta because if they're taking uh change off the store off the in-game transactions and things they'll do very well but yeah roblox and and minecraft are interchangeable with my (laughs) kids so i'm sure there is more and i i told my daughter i walked down the hallway i was like Honey, guess what? Roblox is coming to VR, and she just (laughs) slackjawed.
1: Oh, my God. Insert the screen button here. We need
0: need to get that. That sounds like fun. Oh,
1: God, my ears. All right, let's
0: move on. Next up, unless, Adam, you had anything more to say on Roblox, but sounds like you're kind of new to the scene. Yeah. Okay. Next topic. So, which I think is fitting segue from a game that appeals to adolescents. Here are two other hot topics that appear to adolescents. Cheating on tests and having pornographic encounters with famous actors. All right. Wait. <laughs> so <laughs> a reality crew is coming to a Skyrim sex dungeon at your place soon. Uh, wink, wink or something like that. But anyway, um, so two things. First off, did you know that ChatGPT can do handwritten notes using a 3D plotter <laughs> and even flip the pages as it's drawing? That's automated handwritten homework cheat right there i'm going to write your history essay for you and it'll be in your handwriting how crazy is this it's
1: like a 3d printer for cheating notes or an ai <gasps> i don't
0: know it's so weird just pay just pay your best friend
2: 10 bucks for homework and you call it a day <laughs>
1: But I feel like it's kind of if you make this as a college student, that's kind of impressive yeah. on its own. Like you're yeah. smart enough to make this kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, just drop
2: out, like, go start your AI handwriting <laughs> yeah, company. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, have you ever done that? And I, I, I guarantee you, Jose has. I don't know, Adam, if you will have. But I've done this because I, I was I'm of that engineering brain. Where have you ever engineered? something to solve a problem where let's say it's a 10 second gap and you spend five <laughs> hours on creating the thing that does it really smartly but it, co- it costs yeah. you way too much in time that's what this is yes.
2: this is like i wish i could show i like how you were saying that and i and i wanted to to just go like this but the audiences will understand what's happening but i literally my <laughs> my road microphone like snapped so i literally like I could have just ordered on Amazon last week a little mount, but if I, I'll take a picture of it. But I literally like cut out a box hole on top of it, so I have a printer box with a hole with a microphone like standing on top of it like a little pedestal,
0: and hey, it works. So,
1: got it. What you got to do sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. My what? I should show it. I should. I'm gonna fetch it. Love One sec. Give me a. Th- Cover me
1: there. Yeah, I know. At least I for know, me, especially when tell. it comes to audio stuff, like I mess around with Voice Meter uh, Banana a lot and over-engineer mm-hmm. things. i think like, maybe if I can route it the sound through my microphone, then I can use it like a like a stream deck sound box. But then I have to, it's, it's so damn complicated, and I'm like, why? Am Volume I doing here myself?
2: really does make you want to do all that because it has all the all the connections
0: for the audio sources.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. it's back. back. Oh.
0: I'm back. So um, so I have a, uh, it's like an ASMR microphone. It's the H3VR. It's a Zoom mic, right? But I needed a stand for it. So this is that Rode mic stand, right? Love this. With that a, look right. uh, there's like a three quarter inch connector that can sit, <laughs> sits perfectly with uh, no wiggle. I don't know this if I wanted to out of context for, video uh, clip
1: for audio you listeners. You want to describe this for audio listeners? It, uh, well, there's
0: a mommy and a daddy part of the, <laughs> the two slide very nicely together with almost no play, so I was very happy with that. I use that for my um, <laughs> sim racing to get my audio on the Is on the rig a piston in and it stuff like Does that.
1: Does it move up and down? There's no vertical motion. was
2: like a physical replica of like um, the the bacteria, like the virus, genome, <laughs> you know whatever it's called. Like when you look at them under a microscope. Oh, you're
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The same look of God. I haven't thought of that since I was like 12. Right. Man, jeez. You, you made me think of it with
2: that. uh, uh, what did you call your ASMR <laughs>
0: special stream yeah. microphone? It's a. I did some ASMR stuff for a while. Interesting but, shape um,
1: for a microphone. It's like a cone shape. Not that phallic, is it? It's very. <laughs> t- let's say okay. I mean, it's it's. Why does why the bottom look like that? It sort of looks yeah, like the, um, the space shuttle triangle with the microphone, uh, you know, material <laughs> on top. A, you it should it looks,
2: actually start using that microphone for your streams and just hold it. <laughs> just hold it like a little stick. <laughs> Little ball time. Done it. Been there.
0: Done that. <laughs> done that. Yeah, yeah, we've done that. But um, like, and and this 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 build of this uh, automatic page flipping handwriting, chat GPT engine, to me just blows my mind. I love the engineering here. Uh, personally, the the best the the crown on this cupcake is the fan. This little system fan. It's probably I don't know a few millimeters, uh, to suck the page up so the flipper can slide in and flip the paper. <laughs> So I don't know if you caught that. Adam, run it again if you get the chance, if you haven't yeah, already well, killed that is. the tab. I it like that oh, looks like a cool. fan,
1: but I didn't think it was actually a fan.
0: <laughs> it's basically drawing air up over the page enough that the page lifts up and a little flipper slides in under the page and then flips it over like an omelette. Awesome. And uh, it's just incredible. <laughs> just think about like how many kind of hours of design.
2: testing they had to figure out what was the right <laughs> amount of air oh. to just lift up the paper without lifting the rest of the papers and...
1: How many yeah. papers got ruined yeah. and just crumpled and mangled? You were, you were at <laughs> CES
2: this year, right, do Adam? Yeah. Do you remember? I don't remember the company that had it, but they had like a, a AI robot that was drawing people. Did you get to see that?
1: Oh, I don't know if it was drawing oh, wow. people. Is that the Amica one? Is that I the don't one that had the facial what,
2: expressions and stuff? Yeah, there was a there was the gray robot one AI that was sketching people that it was looking at. It was using machine cameras. It's something similar, but it was not writing. It was sketching with a pencil. So it was actually doing. It was a, the the theme fair stuff where they draw you. Mm-hmm. It was looking at you, augmenting you, and drawing the augmentation on 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 a pencil.
1: So crazy.
2: Were there any cops around that booth? They were, <laughs> I, 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 Funny it's enough, I'm pretty sure tyrant. I have any of this from CES. I have to find it. But
0: Adam's laughing at one side, and that wasn't the joke I was gonna make. But that's a good joke. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say because it looks it must be a little sketchy, but that was my oh. stupid joke that was
1: coming. <laughs> I thought we were gonna get sketch were, artists out of business with AI. The mugshots, yeah. right?
0: The mug shots and all that, and also along this dad joke side, D three hundred and sixty says I'm also a fan of the fan. Well, I will tip my hat to you there,
1: sir. Fan fans.
0: Uh, very good. Do you tip the AI? I don't know. Yeah, do you pay for it? I remember I saw in San Francisco they had like. What was it? Coffee <laughs> machines or something? They're just a box with a robot and it. Oh just yeah, me yeah. co- crypto. I have your crypto
1: wallet.
2: I have three, three little bots at home that need to get fed. Please
1: take my sketch. I'll take anything. Three little AIs.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Well, uh, very good. Well, seeing as we're talking about cheating or perhaps just automating the love, love letter writing process, if you know your your hands getting cramped or whatever, uh, AI deepfake. Pornographic voice artists are disputing the lack of consent for use of their voice in gaming mods. As reported by PC Gamer, uh, there's an uproar due to several mods, some of which might be found in my favorite Skyrim game, um, with people like Jennifer Hale, who was the voice of Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, mm. or Lindsay Rosso uh, of Transformers Deathloop and Fallout 76. In short, as we predicted, voice actors are having their work stolen. And abused in things that they did not consent. So, this feels very topical amidst the uh, actors' guild strikes relating to residuals, in other words, how much actors make when their shows are rewatched, and the actors' likeness and who owns it. Uh, if you hear sagaftra, no, that's not what happens to women after rearing children. Sagaftra <laughs> means was the merger of Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, basically a union that pulls actors from their jobs when something threatens the landscape, which is happening at the moment, affecting several productions out there. So anyway, those that, that's what's going on at the minute. Um, it's, again, the funny future that we're heading towards, the dystopian elements of what automation and AI and deepfakes allow. I mean... Won't be long before someone puts out a podcast that's got our four faces on oh, it God. and we're saying naughty things to each other or something. I don't know. I mean, not, uh, someone's going to come up with something.
1: Not to be weird, but how much, I guess this is in a Skyrim, so maybe it's implied there's a storyline, but how much dialogue do you actually need other than, like, grunting <laughs> and, and noises? I I'm not a connoisseur, so I don't hey. know, but, like, wha- how much don't dialogue do you add? We don't that free <laughs> <eye out> here.
0: <laughs> That's a good point, though. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, it's. you're like, <laughs> Adam, I hope, I hope this isn't your defense. But this is what I heard in my head. Was you're standing on the corner going, like, to the voice <laughs> artist. You're Who like, ah, come on. It's just, it's just like 15 seconds <laughs> no. of audio. It's no biggie. That was
1: bad. Was no but biggie. I mean, what? Do you need dialogue? To make these, what isn't it? I, I, my assumption immersion. is to just get to the point of the good stuff where it's probably not like Pizza Guy walks in, and then you've got immersion. You know, People want that. It's
0: not so <laughs> they want
1: their knowing their,
2: their, the Skyrim, Skyrim underbelly. The pizza guy.
0: Yeah, knowing the Skyrim underbelly, it's not about having a quickie. Right. It's like it's about living in a world where everybody's topless and it's the like, lore, it's, the lore. <laughs> like they can interact with everybody. Uh, or so Now, some people do go to the sex dungeon thing, but okay. like it's more they want the world. Right. And they want their favorite characters, obviously, to come in and be a part of that world. They want to live in it. It's they want to the more live interaction
1: there. part versus the watching part. OK, I got it. <laughs>
0: yeah so i mean if, if they want to marry a wife for example or a husband and uh have it be that person then that's kind of you know, beautiful be the I, at first i was kind of mocking film? it as you were talking
2: about it in my head but now i'm like you know what i like the idea of somebody who just found love with an npc in a skyrim <laughs> game and he retires the documentary you know, goes to work you know gets home from work and sits down has dinner and just goes to see the wife and kids you know that's that's <laughs> well that's beautiful there will be you know a documentary what? on yeah. it I I, wa- I want to see a documentary Wait. like that, like a really nice one. It's like, Oh, you know, and they show you like 10 years later. He's like, he's still happy. And with his
0: digital wife Wait. and kids. Look, if, if, if it makes you happy, um, I'm all for it. It's yeah. like, it's like anything like that way, you know? Like, I mean, if, if you can't get it in real life and it helps for you to have it virtually, then then do that. I mean, I don't know where this road takes us. I feel like we're in the Napster era with music where it's like, because over the last few years, our data has been spilling out in waves, um, as that now catches up with automation and AI, um, more and more. I mean, someone at some point is going to put my voice into a into a game and yeah. go and fornicate with my body, and I'm going to be like, "Well, how did I feel about that?" I don't know, but send me the video. So anyway, other than that, <laughs> let's uh, let's mo- let's move on. So that was basically Playboy. Let's uh, let's talk some PlayStation news. Uh, we previously heard of an accessibility controller coming to PS5, and I just wanted to share a bit of their latest updates for that. Uh, for our listeners, is it was really quite exciting news. Um, well, yeah. First off, its name is the Access Controller. I like it. Simple, straightforward, good name. Releasing December 6th, right in time for Christmas. Man, you're going to make someone's 2024 with this gift. And the price, that's my favorite part about this, is it's 90 bucks, $90, uh, which is very comparable to, I think, the $70 PS5 controller. At the moment, um, in in Europe, that's ninety euro. It's eighty pounds, uh, and it's one hundred and twenty Canadian dollars. So so kill me now, uh, you know, because we have to pay more up here. Like a controller here is ninety dollars Canadian and pushes you over the hundred for one game controller. It's more than a hundred Canadian bucks. God, but yeah, it's such a fair price point. I feel for something that's very niche and normally would be. Difficult to get your hands on. I was expecting this thing was going to cost 250 bucks or something ridiculous, you know. I love that it's so accessible at a price level. And I believe, I'm a true believer, that this means our less-abled listeners can now play Gran Turismo 7 with an access mm-hmm. controller and a PSVR 2 headset. I don't know. I know the controllers for PSVR 2, because of how they're fabricated, aren't going to work for everybody uh, who don't have full motor function in, in both hands, for example. Um, it's already true that people who, for example, don't have leg motion won't be able to play half the VR games because they require to stand up or move around or whatever. Um, so VR, unfortunately, by its very nature, uh, like we were talking a bit earlier, it's a bit closer to real life. It's a bit less virtualized. And so it puts it layers of separation away from being accessible. But I like I very much like the fact that my personal favorite and a lot of people's personal favorite PSVR 2 title, Gran Turismo 7, which can be fully played without the the sense controllers, just the PS5 controller, in this case, the access controller, they're going to be able to get their hands and head into an experience, which uh, if, if, if you're not well-abled in that way, if you have something holding you back from real life driving, you can jump in a Porsche and zip around Norge life now. In fact, that makes me so happy. Really makes me happy. It's a, it's a side of VR that not a lot of people think about.
2: Like, a lot of people don't think about accessibility at all. You know, I, I funny enough, I just had a conversation with some, uh, some uh, VR consultants, whatever that means, um, in the space a, a few weeks ago, about them saying that room-scale VR was not the future. And the reason they were they were thinking about that is because they're not thinking about accessibility. They're not thinking about wheelchair people. They're not thinking about the reality is that these are technology systems. So there is really no excuse to not build APIs where somebody could play, a, you know, a room scale free room experience. Um, there's a lot of cool right. tools like Walk-In VR has a lot of APIs and a lot of ways that you can map out motions and specific physical gestures into uh, an accessibility controller of sorts. I, I think it's, quite frankly, one, the reality of the industry because it's still brand new, but yeah. what Sony's doing with this and, and making sure that, like you mentioned, Gran Turismo being playable, the fact that you can actually use a, a normal sense controller to initiate the X controller on the actual Dual DualShock works, that is the accessibility that VR currently doesn't, that, that accessibility doesn't exist anywhere else except on, the PlayStation platform.
0: uh, And have it on such a, from a big name with massive triple A titles with something that's not just some indie game or a single indie developer who happens to think about this and support it, man, it's such a, it's a powerful move and statement by Mm -hmm. Sony. And I can only thank them for doing that because I can't imagine this makes them money, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what it does do is uh, 10 years from now, I'll still be thinking, well, of Sony because of moves like this. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Good
0: on you guys. Um after that as well in the PlayStation Space we got the Perp Games showcase which thank the Lord on high was short <laughs> and sweet and easy to watch because I told you last month I got burnt out I'm like done done with showcases for maybe 6 months now <laughs> I'm like except for maybe uh, what Meta's got cooking. So, we got a release of a few titles including some horror ones like Happy Funland, uh but the real news for me was that Vertigo 2 is coming to PSVR 2. Uh, which is awesome news because the contrary of you two fine people, um, I haven't played Vertigo 2 yet. That's my guilty uh, um, admission. And I will fully plan now to play that in headset when it lands on the platform. It's also got some free DLC coming. So if you didn't catch the showcase, there's some new characters coming that make you allow to play the single player game over again in a totally different way. Uh I think I'll kinda of a la Bone Lab. You know how Bone Lab had those characters that made your interaction with the world very different? Um and also uh some in-game level designer uh as well. So you can kind of create an VR level editor uh with that. So I like what they're doing with Vertigo 2. That's um and yeah, look forward to that in Zim's near future from from Perp Games. Well, if unless there was anything else uh, that you guys caught in Perp Games, you get excited about again. That only just showed up a day ago, so it hasn't really percolated. What
1: very much. sworn, didn't we? Have I feel like time flies so fast? Did we just have a Perp Games like showcase in the beginning of the year, or maybe I don't know? Again, my sense of time has been terrible. they
0: do them. They do them pretty frequently. I don't know if they do them quarterly or semiannually, but yeah, they're maybe it was I'm trying to think back. I think you're right. Earlier this year. Think,
1: Uh, But yeah, it could be me. I lose track of time. Maybe
0: even like November last year or something, but yeah. But it was short and sweet. It was like 15 minutes, bing, bang, boom, done, uh, which was lovely to see. Now, the other part of that, in case you missed the first half of the podcast, um, was Wanderer uh, coming across to a bunch of different platforms, metahuman avatars, eye tracking with your characters for extra immersion. So press rewind on that if you're skipping through the podcast. With that, on to the meaty main topic. Ever since I saw John Carmack showcasing the Oculus DK1 at QuakeCon, half of the VR fun for me has been following early prototypes, test builds, mods, and just keeping an eye on tinkerers building custom headsets. Before we go into that, for those of you who might be newer to VR, let's take a brief trip down headset memory lane at these from the past. So Adam, would you please show our VR headsets through history images? And we can slowly scroll through that. That would be great. I saw that. I found this on Reddit from a little while ago. And it's really neat. Starts off. Now, it doesn't have everything. A caveat before the real people who know this. This is for the newbies. <laughs> There's a bunch of things in there. So um, the outline covers the classics, uh, including some grandfathers of VR tech, uh, with some exceptions, like I was saying. So it's got Nintendo's Virtual Boy, the VXF 3D, the Envisor SS uh, SX60, um, headsets that... I got the feeling Jose has had on his head most mm-hmm. of these, but <laughs> um, anything you want to call out here, go ahead and scroll down the list for us there, Jose, anything you spot. Oh, just
2: Give me one second. Yeah, I'm no, looking
0: at the stream live yeah. also. You too, Adam. If there's anything that you see on there that reminds <sighs> I, you of something or you don't know. You've never seen. I
1: it. got in a little by later. It's It was, I guess kind of late ago, but the, the OG vibe, that was my first one. Like I never had the, like a mm. DK one or anything. So just seeing that, like, the Vive headset with all the the craters in it just is like ah.
0: Love the craters. Now
1: it's now it's like retro kind of right. <laughs> yes.
0: It's totally oh, retro now. I mean that's that's what seven years ago now.
1: Oh god. The so. Acer Again, the AH
0: the AH series
1: Acer Yo. headsets. Oh. Uh, it's
2: it, it's a headset that uh, the AH eleven that you actually scroll uh, a, a little way up. The the body size of Acer's headsets. I don't know if you guys ever saw their their attempts at VR the AH 101. It is one of those Is that the mixed reality yes.
0: headset the one that was on the Microsoft? Yes, yeah, tiny actually. It's one of those it's,
2: it's just a design factor. Every rem- every time I look at it it reminds me of like a early 90s Doom buggy like jet ski like design style like yep. the colors like the blue. I don't know why
0: it just it just looks like
2: it it's was cool. ripped out blue of the Vee 90s. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. <laughs> I like a 90s ad but um uh, the fun the fun little f reality fact moments literally i was i was in i was in i was oculus connect 4 um where i got to meet mike for the first time and i remember i got i i just got a demo of that headset and i hadn't played with it but i played with the physical form of it and i was there in an airbnb with the windlands team and they were showing me this thing moments later i got i had a phone call with nathie and mike And that was where they interviewed for the podcast. And I was like, uh, and I set some demands, including changing the name from VR Inside, uh, which we then spent five months retooling and went to F-Reality. But that headset is oddly uh, brought me back to that moment in time, which was a good moment. I was sitting on a stool in this Airbnb kitchen and had just seen that headset and had a good chat with these two lads. I just met Mike a couple of days earlier. and. Um, We both thought we were each cool cats and decided to get together and form a band. So, yeah, brought me back there, Jose. Thanks for Mm -hmm, that. Appreciate that. That's a cool headset. The orange headsets in this list, by the way, I don't think I've ever seen them. You know, there's some bright orange ones that look like safety equipment. uh, They look like Xiaomi-based headsets.
2: Hmm. Yeah,
1: that orange orange aesthetic. (laughs) Or gear. But it's
0: good. And this this information actually comes uh, from... Uh, an interesting website, right? Uh, this is the source for this data was vr-compare.com. Shout out to them. Looks a little different. <laughs> I had never seen that actually, and it's a cool tool. Yeah. It's really, really neat. It's kind of like <laughs> it's like a celebrity death match, or it's like a, a battles of history. Yeah. Like you can take two headsets. The specs in the database are really sleek, and they show you basically like who wins out on what <laughs> specs. Uh, indicating which headset is kind of better on paper. So go have a browse. That's VR-Compare.com. So Um, VR-Compare.com. And I... it's it's really
2: neat. Do you know the people well, behind yeah, this? Yeah, the developer. A little inside story, the Reboot Imagines <laughs> Inception story. He was one of the first people I spoke to about. Like we're talking about, like four years ago. Um, he's he's been working on this stuff for a while. And I remember reaching out to him and be like, "Hey, I'm thinking about building a a VR company, and and we we're going to be specializing in support. You want to collaborate and you know that kind of that trail went cold but the the data that 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 <laughs> that he puts into the attention i think it's one person to be honest i think it's a it's a one-man it's show and honestly the dedication i i feel so bad remembering i, I not remembering his name i have it on on twitter on linkedin but the the amount of dedication and love in comparison it, it's not easy to to do all this and for what it looks like the 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 earnings is really affiliation linking So this is really, it's really a passion driven Mm -hmm. project, right? The, the data is valuable on itself. So shout out to him.
0: Yeah. So to support in that Mm -hmm. case, for people who aren't familiar with like content creators who use affiliate links, if you want to support somebody, uh, typically within 30 days of you browsing to the site, clicking a link that say, takes you to like an Amazon front page. One of these uh, platforms that give um, the person who's using these affiliate links a cut, it'll allow them to make some money. So if you want to support them, really simple, before you make a purchase, and it can be a week before it or whatever, go browse through the website, use the link, click through, right? And then that will attribute your IP address with the purchase, and the creator will get some money. But a lot of those websites, uh, we were using a a news website for releases back in my day, Jose, um, and it's like, they're just, they're one person yep. shops and they just keep going and they go for years. Uh, and when they stop, it's like a piece of the car, the heart of the industry gets like cut out. This is what it feels like. <laughs> this this yeah. stop. So keep doing it as long as you can guys uh, who are out there, guys and gals who are supporting these sites because they're, they're really cool. Um, I, I really appreciate Rory it. Rory Brown. The, the That's his name. Shout out to Rory Brown. That's his name. Rory. Brown. Yes. I was like, I was like hey.
2: looking through, through my DMS and it's like going to like <laughs> the early days, but yeah, shout out to Rory and, and, and that dedication is
0: is quite a bit for you, you know. second to none mm-hmm. oh the site looks amazing it looks great sometimes i you know having started with like web dev way way back it, you look at certain things you go how do they make that look so sleek you know <laughs> you just think through the tech stack um, but also i was going to say chat when we were talking about um, VR headsets, I know several VR collectors, right, of rare hardware, um, prototypes things like the Santa Cruz, the original Vive Pre, something like the original prototype touchpad controllers from Oculus you know, like, there's there's hardware to be had out there if you're into it I personally try to get, get rid of as much as I can so that it's not just sitting on a shelf because I feel like hardware was meant to be used, you know, uh, which is, which is why I hope it ends up in a usable yes. museum someday, um, or someone's special collection that they have a showroom for or something like that. But let's move on to two special cases that I spotted recently. Uh, These are modern headsets, not from history. Um, And first up, I just wanted to share these first up the dream state, translucent VR headset. And to my surprise, it's from meta, the meta quest pro clear, which looks like an early iMac or something like that with a translucent kind of interface, clear plastic. Probably didn't go for it because of the strength of the plastic, I'm guessing. Impact of translucent plastic usually ends in cracks and broken dreams and all that kind of stuff. But my reaction to this was, holy shit, it looks feckin' sick, man. I want this headset so badly. I want all my VR stuff to have this this cool, like, 90s look, right? We don't get that anymore. Where is that stuff?
1: I know it wouldn't work with the you know, the kind of hardware that's in there, but man, if they could make some kind of like one of the, like those steampunk watches where you can see all the cogs and gears moving underneath, like it wouldn't Ah. function. I know, but, but that would be cool if you could see stuff, even if it was like fake, fake animation, like just put a layer of just random cogs moving for no reason that you could turn off and on or whatever. Like that'd be neat. Cause like I I did, I had like the Game Boy color, the purple uh, translucent case, the back in the day. And I really loved that thing. It was a, a yeah. Bragging piece to you know friends like ooh.
0: absolutely it, it, it's something to be said and also like like we're we're gonna get to the point where like the water cooling you see in PC chassis today maybe you can have like cool like you know fluorescent yes. lit oh, liquid man. that's ooh. like piping down along the side of your headset or so happy right I don't know now. you could have some really yes. badass stuff right I don't know like we've had a few like LED displays and stuff like that that's pretty cool but man I. I, I do want as we just scrolled through history and we saw lots of black headsets like one blue one, a smattering of orange heads, like more colors, please. We need we need yes. a rainbow, you know, rainbow. I, want old I really don't like
2: translucent, like for VR. I, I love translucent technology, yeah. but for VR, I don't know. I want I, I don't know. Somebody posted I, it went viral on Twitter a few days ago, but I don't know if you guys remember the Burger King Kids Club from the 90s. Oh, my God. There was yes. A, yes. There was a character that had a VR headset. And the, I think it was the, the, one yeah, he had like a, I, I if this. you can, if you look up the Burger kids club, there was one, uh, it was the blonde one. He has a VR headset and it's really cool because you have like, they look like really blocky uh, glasses, but it also has like a uh, radio antenna at the back of it, like to symbolize that yep. it's wireless.
0: Like I would like to see somebody make a VR headset that looks, I've, I've- I've definitely never seen this Burger King club. I know you two always oh, have something yes. to teach me on the podcast, <laughs> but burger. So I wasn't a Burger King kid. I think we were always, we always went to McDonald's. Yeah. So what was the Burger King? Get a happy, yeah, meal it was or the happy meal. A TV of, show uh, or it? variant.
1: And it's like one their of Ronald the- McDonald and Grimace and friends equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. I think they had um, toys yeah. too at one point. Maybe they had little like small features, but yeah, they, I don't think it was ever a, Full on like TV show. I, no, I don't know.
2: I think it was like a, their, their 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 Happy Meal t- crew c- com- competing with McDonald's. You know, uh, Ronald McDonald and all that. But that's a blast wow, in the I've never past. seen them. But like yeah.
0: but the, but the like the visor and stuff, now that I've seen it, mm-hmm. Jose, what was it you wanted oh, I from a want headset? Somebody, you want I want a modern
2: VR headset in that style. I want the, the 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 gimmicky radio antenna. Like I want that. I wanna I want the 90s aesthetic to be to come back. The very bright yellows, the the bright blues, that that like Yamaha jet ski um uh kawasaki oh. colors I, I want that kawasaki yes, green i that want ninja green. That yeah to come that's lovely back stuff. To, to vr it, it, it's it's something i think a lot about oh, it's man. like man yes please give me
1: that vr headset <laughs> that's what i
2: want
0: damn that looks mm-hmm. good um well with that i mean and some people in chat are saying you know we won't have it uh, wolf rosa was saying that kind of stuff after mass adoption and yeah i agree that mostly I also think that once you get to a certain stage of stagnation and everything kind of looks the same, it's time to shake things up design-wise. Like we've seen, and I've only learned about this company recently, from nothing. You guys know Nothing, the phone manufacturer who also make earbuds? Because they've they have um, they've got this kind of design aesthetic, which is which is really interesting. They're kind of trying to take on the generic iPhone-looking industry at the moment with some specialty designs. Yes. It's a UK company. Um, you know, the, one of the CEOs and, and original founders of OnePlus a company who I've got phone from, uh, who came in and challenged, you know, what you could get into a phone and for a low, low price is now gone the kind of design route. And they've got this interesting thing on the back of their new phone, just announced the nothing phone 2, um, which has this glyph, this kind of symbol at the back and it can do various Please. things. But again, this makes me think about the headsets we might have one day soon. Yes. And, um, you know, design for me, like, the look and feel of something, I, I honestly would take a slightly less, you know, feature-rich headset if it's something that I felt like it would look totally badass. I could really, like, feel my spirit in, in, involved with it, you know? Uh, and it's the same thing for a phone. I've definitely been, like, on the side of, like, oh, this thing's almost getting good enough now. I might have to go for that because just having a specialty showpiece... There's something nice in about it. And the
2: functionality, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the nothing phone. The LED strips, they're a, they have an API, they're reprogrammable. So you can create yep. any, and, and and it was it, it it leads up to something I mentioned in the podcast a while back is that L C D screens like the Apple Vision, um the, the Vision Pros right. front panel screen. We're gonna start, you're gonna be able to rewrite codes onto the front of that panel, maybe making QR codes and maybe having specialty cameras that can track it. And we're gonna probably have LED light strips. That's similar how the Quest 2 works. There, it's the it's looking at LED rings. We're gonna probably get a company that's gonna make reprogrammable LED rings for mapping them into your bed, into your wall, into a portrait. And you don't have to, you know, synchronize anything. You just put on the headset and it immediately knows what it is. It It knows mm -hmm. the tag. Those specialty tags will be coming. And it's, I wonder who's going to do it first. Um,
0: But yeah. I think the features of that glyph are are something maybe now that you said it earlier about the cinematic mode and kind of uh, limiting where your attention goes, one of the cool things about it is when you flip the phone over, um for example if you're waiting for an Uber it can show you you know the time to arrival in just a reducing bar a reducing glyph or for example you can program one of the glyph elements to just light up just for the app that you care about like I'm waiting for a phone call or waiting for a message on this specific platform from this specific person um so that kind of stuff is really it's really interesting especially in a in a modern era where I feel like we need to have our hands on that control that tap you were kind of talking about it earlier Jose where you know, you've got you've got a, a a waterfall of stuff coming at you, but how do I what how do I control that? How do I control here, the kind of?
2: That's a, it's so the, it's the so cool because I, I I bet there's people listening to the podcast right now and screaming on top of their lungs like I've been talking about this for ten years. This is Internet of Things. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like that's really what's happening is that we're now at, at a at a place where all of the cool stuff that people have been talking about, like you know the the tech, the spatial technologies, all talking to each other, devices having abilities outside of their software, that it's now on their hardware outside of the operating system, like the device is talking to you, even if you're not looking at the screen, it, it, I love that stuff. And we're going to start seeing, we're seeing ink, inklings of that already with our VR headsets. Like if your headset nut has yeah. an update, the light goes red on the Focus 3, starts blinking green. I think the, the, the Quest Pro starts blinking the light if there's like a software update or it's ready to restart after update finishes. All of those little features that we normally don't, that we take for granted are going to evolve to that little, you know, standby light is talking to, you know, your, your transceivers. I know what you
0: mean. Like there's signaling there that hasn't been tapped into yet. It's kind of like what we had with uh, AM and FM with modulation of a, of a, of a signal. And you're able to grip onto that in the same way that you can get a network signal across your power line, you know, now and <laughs> pop out to ethernet. And, but you're yes. doing that just with lighting, yes. just with visuals. And the more smart devices you have in your environment, the more communication and the more chances for combinations and permutations you have there. So that's spatial pretty computing,
2: cool. Let's um, go. That's, that's <laughs> literally the way people hear spatial computer. They think of VR. That's really, this is spatial computing. All of, all of your stuff, your headsets, yeah. your TVs, your, your microphones, your everything that has. Interactivity. Yes, all talking to each other. Yeah.
0: And I, I think about a, a, a mode where, like, maybe I have a companion who's my digital, uh, you know, like a little pet dragon who rests on my shoulder. But then that little dragon can interact with, you know, someone else's, yes. you know, like my AI can interface with their AI and have a conversation or interact. Yes. And they'll be like, oh, nice to meet you or whatever. Smart like, gotcha not you. even. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, smart it's Tamagotchis. It's going to go from, your,
2: little, from uh, your phone, and then when you're looking at your screen, it's going to show up as an AR overlay, and when you're on your mobile device, it's going to show up on the corner. It's it's um, Digimon. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it.
0: It's, yes. Keeper
1: Clippy evolved. Clippy evolved.
0: Yeah, Clippy. Evolved. Hey, per,
2: yeah, clip, <laughs> I'm so
0: ready. I keep worrying about Clippy. That Clipper, Clippy universe thing is still the worst horror in my mind that Ravi talked about, <laughs> so about before. So let like. Let's go move on to the Holy Grail. For those who've waited two hours through the first part of the show, we're coming up to the peak of the mountain here. Uh, Discovery so special, I wanted to dedicate this show to this project, okay? Um, After so many GT7 car mods, this one, including its name, touched me in a right spot. Introducing the Hades Widebody. In short, it's known as the HWBVR. It is uh, a... It's got like a, how it looks is a, it's like a pockmarked Vive front end, 3D printed headset with a Vive audio strap at the rear and what looks like a giant heatsink up top. Donned in jet black with red tape and white lettered branding on the headset. This is Hades. Hades wide Uh Jose is reacting to this. Have you seen this before, <laughs> I, Hades? Or am I? I, I have not. Oh, Jose? This is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. This is so sp- <laughs> The cut. Doesn't it kind of look like, you know, you know, the xenomorph alien when its mouth yes. comes out? Ooh, yeah. It looks a yes. little cool. bit like that. Um, but what do we see? So this is a bizarre cross section between a Vive Pro-I and a Pimax Artisan that's got a dual lens, bi-convex and Fresnel element to the display. So we're going to walk through this. There's really interesting pieces to it. And this is all broken out in like a saga of a journal for the guy who created it. It's amazing. So... The most impressive feature for me personally is the periphery lenses, which have a blown up version of what you're seeing through the primary lenses kind of expanded out. We've talked about this before. So to clarify, this is not an Ambilight solution. It's not just LEDs going, oh, it looks like an amalgamous green blob on screen. So I'll show green in the periphery. Um, It's also not a unified display. So like a Pimax headset where you've got a big wide like wide stretched image um it is it is uh, the vr scene essentially kind of blown up but presented over peripheral displays that are separate from the main lenses so i want to talk you through before i tell you the the specifics of the headset let's tell you in the direction that the author had aimed to go okay so this is what they set down for their project when they wanted to uh, use this and adam if you're able to Scroll down and show the uh, lens shot where you can see kind of the inside of the headset because it shows you how the lenses, um, the the, the kind of dual lens display while I'm doing this. So yeah, a whole bunch on here. Uh, At least 144p and OLED or something to make LCD look as good as OLED. More 90 hertz or above minimum. Uh, Wider than the standard 90 to 100 degree FOV, uh, ideally as wide as possible. This headset actually worked out at 108. Uh, with a chance to get as close as 120. Uh, aspheric or biconvex lenses, as in not Fresnel. Um, Pancake in this DIY context was not feasible uh, for a number of reasons, uh, including FOV requirement. Um, wanted He wanted it to be light tra- lighthouse tracked, uh, same system as the Valve Index, Vive, the uh, Aero from Varro, etc., and to use standard video and data sockets. So USB, HDMI, or DisplayPort, mm. right? Uh, on the headset itself. Making getting replacement cables down the line possible. No proprietary so. bullshit. <laughs> that was, okay. Uh, also didn't want any invasive bloatware mandate to run the headset. So in other words, let me boot up yeah. SteamVR VR and never have to think about another piece of software. I Those love that awesome. design, you know. Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah. Eye and face tracking built in and not skimping out on necessities like top strap, competent microphone, actual headphones that block or muffle sound, and decent binocular overlap, uh, which helps the view from each eye as opposed to uh, that eye image being only one Mm. eye. So with that, what is this thing that he's engineered comprised of? The main lenses are Gear VR lenses uh, because of a love for the kind of boundless sweet spot, very edge to edge lens, sweet spot of the gear VR. For those who've tried it, they'll understand. I like my go, um, my Oculus go for a very similar region, a uh, reason, very clear lens, um, there for your central lens, the secondary lens surround causing that kind of overlap that we talked about. And Adam's got flashing on screen, the various shots of the headset in its final form. Um, regardless of the technicalities and caveats, regardless of any hard numbers, um, The author here said, and actually, Adam, can you give the name? I didn't jot down the name of the person.
1: Uh, It is Dragon Sky Runner, at least on Reddit. Dragon Sky Runner. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Um, I'm pretty happy with the resulting width the periphery lenses add, especially looking back to the OG Vive and feeling how, I love this quote, looking through loo roll tubes, that's toilet paper tubes, that is by comparison. I love that (laughs) because going back to those headsets does feel a bit that way. The top box, which I originally thought was a like a, a heating element, when opened is a shocking seven-port USB hub. Oh yeah! It's got a wind angle. You'll you'll appreciate this, Adam, given your project <laughs> that we're, we'll talk about in a minute. But if you if on that same page, there's a, there's an open yeah. shot of this seven-port VR hub, and it is it, <laughs> it looks Christ. crazy. All the inputs and outputs going in in this connector it's also got a wide angle lens tracking the face at a slight distance from the front kind of like you'd see in facial animation capture in movie studios so there's a uh, special wide angle lens kind of sitting out front and on top of that there's a bit of a fuzzy fat microphone i I didn't see any details posted about what the microphone is but looks hefty of decent quality and I believe it. It's really a wonderful composition yeah. for a single individual person's project. Now, this is the shocking part for me. Uh question of cost. How much do you think this kind of thing would cost? I'll let you guys muse and give an answer. So what you do said you think? it's a Vipro um mixed with uh, artisan Pimax so and a s- bunch of other stuff. One
1: thousand.
0: No, it's a little bit I more guess. for sure, because the ViPro the, the the vibe pro is
2: six hundred, pymax is about six hundred. After use market about five hundred. Um, there's some gear parts there, so he probably had it. Or I'm gonna say a total of twenty six hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> I feel like we're on a game yeah, show. That's cool. That's <laughs> um, fun. That's honestly what I thought. I thought we would be around the two thousand mark. So maybe he had some of these headsets already because he was citing. He said the cost to him was about. 70. No it's wow, even lower then than I had, no, no way. Six
2: four four hundred bucks is a Vive Pro. Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's what I was that's what I was thinking as well. And so anyway, uh, so that's what he said the cost. And we have to go into the comments of um of this long blog post. Uh the weight, how much do you think this yeah. thing weighs? Because <laughs> it looks like a tank, right?
1: Hard to tell gauge on the Where's size just based on how it looks from close-up shots, but I'm gonna say let's see. Okay, how, how much? For reference, how much is a like a Quest Two? What? I'm gonna go five fifty for a Quest Two, I think. Five fifty grams. Let's go seven, I think. No, it's definitely yeah. definitely Was a little
2: like... bit under that. I want to say.
1: I think it's hefty. Four
2: and a half pounds. It's a lot of plastic, but most of Four and a half pounds. Yeah, I I I think like maybe. I don't think it's that heavy. I don't. It doesn't I'm... look that
0: heavy. It just looks like a lot of convoluted plastic, but. <laughs> so. Without the cables, this thing weighs in at just under a kilogram, wow. so it's 950 grams. So you know you have two packs of like 500 grams yeah. of meat? Stick those together, <laughs> duct tape it heavy, to your head. But... That's a, that's what it feels like. She's a heavy mother. Uh, but relatively balanced. The, bo- the cable boxes, you know, on the top of your head. You've got the front. You've got the back. That Vive audio strap is very comfortable for anyone who hasn't tried the FrankenMod or something. It's great. It was one of the best uh, audio head straps that was out there. Uh, there are no IPD adjusters or sliders. There's There was, as you said, zero space left in the design <laughs> for further modification. And uh, it was made very clear. He's like, if you want me to build this for you, no fucking way. <laughs> not doing this again. Did this the one time. But here are my builds on Thingiverse if you want the 3D components wow. to go and build it yourself. And he's like, caveat emptor, but fire away. <laughs> so that is a beautiful piece of a headset uh custom the hades wide body one in the world like it um i want to build one keep building and i want to creating one. <laughs> love yeah, uh, seeing
2: Did he mentioned in the in the story the the justification of the usb hub that he say if it's spitting out a higher
0: power he went through a whole he went through he needed so many different connectors for the various yeah. components um it's basically a matchbox for all of that and I think initially he wanted the design to be a little bit less in, in vertical height. Uh, but again, because of thermals, thermals could only okay. keep it like that with the fins and everything else. This. So this is, that was my understanding. Yeah, you, I thought you would want to yeah, piece through this word by I'm word. I'm to it's, myself.
2: It's uh, a lot of, a lot of v- engineers in the VR space. Like one of the things that are kind of blowing up right now and, and the USB hub kind of proves it is there is no real good way of delivering power from a computing device to a headset mm. that doesn't involve a wall uh, i think right now 30 watts is the the most that you can push out from a from some computing components but all that there's no laptop at the moment that does that and we are and it's really it's really interesting which now goes to show like what the big screen beyonds form factor is all about a lot of people yeah. have been talking about oh, increasing yeah. maybe like the, the field of view a little bit. And you think to yourself, like, why can't they just increase it a little bit? And I really think it's because of the power delivery. Um, If you want to have it just straight out of a yeah. USB port, there it has to be powered yeah. under a certain wattage. And I've been watching some researchers right. and the, the XR Elite's a good example of that. Is The XR2 can theoretically power up and run and turn into a modern gear VR, if it's running under a 20 watt power, you would literally get the same exact hmm. performance of an old school gear if you power up an XR Elite with a very underpowered wall break. And why, why would you c- context
0: that for yeah, me? Yeah, it's that the for CPU. You know, I, like, would you use that in travel? Yeah, or, or that's, how would that's you kind of the goal. That. That's
2: kind of what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to create yeah. a, a form factor for an all-in-one chip based headset to be used yeah. without a computer or just being heavy with a little portable battery. And the these devices can actually power up, turn on their feature sets enable, but the CPU itself becomes the limiter because it requires that extra power. So, it's it's really interesting just seeing so the, it, the 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 actual line of
0: I'm glad you brought up Big Screen mm-hmm. because um I was surprised at this. But Adam, again if you still have that tab open, we In that kind of towards the bottom of the article, there's an overlay of a 3D model of the big screen beyond kind of ghosted in three different images side by side, showing how large the Hades is versus the big screen beyond. Um, So take a look for that, because I thought it'd be interesting. I think you'd be surprised at actually how small in comparison this Hades headset is compared to big screen. Big screen's, you know, a tiny headset. And so when I saw these images first, I thought, geez, that's actually a lot smaller than I thought. I was imagining something bulky like, uh, like the Vive, the original Vive, Mm -hmm. right. With that front end. But like, like Adam, man, I love the craters. (laughs) I love the craters in the first. It just was such a cool design aesthetic and we haven't had it again, you know? So I'd like to see that come back, but there you go. Uh, if you're into it, uh, jump on Thingiverse, grab the builds. Um, you can find that on Reddit. Look for, uh, Look for Hades. <laughs> what a what a crazy VR headset. So this has been a long one already. Jose, you're off the hook this week for releases. Um, next week, he's going to take on the gauntlet as show host, as I'm planning to be away next week on, uh, on July 29th uh, for my annual barbecue. Got to take some time off and chill with some friends. Um, with that said, Adam's been tinkering a little bit herself with something new. So, Adam... Away, tell us about your new Frankenstein okay. project. I'll
1: be really quick with it because I know we want to like eat and have a life and go. I say I want to say go home, but you know what I mean. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been playing around with the uh Ultra Leaps Leap Motion 2, which I got sent early. It's all available on pre order now, but I think it should be coming out anytime now. I think Europe uh is starting to ship out, I don't know about the states, but anyway, for those of you who don't know what a Leap Motion controller is. Um, It's going to be hard to explain without putting on a desk or whatever, but it basically is a hand tracking device and um, traditionally not really meant for content creators, but very commonly you'll see a lot of VTubers use it, um, you know, flat screen VTubers so that you actually get instead of having just, you know, the stiff body PNG or avatar, you can actually show your hands on the screen as well. Um, I tried this in a couple of different use cases, like kind of anything I could think of. Um, First was, of course, traditional flat screen VTuber use. Works great. Um, You can use your, they don't, I don't, because it's so new, um, most VTubers will kind of clip it on the, on the shirt. So you don't have to worry about like your computer being in the way of the leap or your keyboard rather being in the way of the leap motion. But I don't think they have, um, Mm. there's no, I don't think there's any mounts for it yet, but I'm sure that'll come up and for 3d prints or what have you. But I also tried this to go switching it back to VR. Uh, I did try it in VR um, it, it will not come with uh, a mount. The mount, you'll have to buy separately, but I can kind of show you what it looks like. I stuck it on my index. Nice 3D printed thing. Um, Hell yeah. Bottom there. Yeah. Sorry to stretch really quickly. Oh, awkwardly. so that's
0: a fixed... So it's it's a fixed to the bottom of your headset. Can you turn to the side? Just because it was black yeah. on black, it was hard to see the profile.
1: Yeah, it... where to um, go? Where is it?
0: Oh yeah, so it's it come kind of facing out. So it's like a, a dock, a clip-in. So you... You printed that? No, you printed uh, that they'll or? have it available no. as
1: an accessory, uh, so it won't come with okay. the leap motion. You can but purchase you can it separately. It. Yeah, it's got a nice, uh, smart sticky back mount, and I will say that it's it's a generous sticky back because <laughs> I'm very stupid and I like and I'm like oh crap, it's crooked or whatever. Take it off, replace it, and it still seems to stick fine. So it's it's actually a really great mount. You, you they'll probably have some kind of file available where you could print it yourself if you wanted to, but it's. Um, so I got the Steam VR driver for to get it to work and man unless you're working with something native that has hand tracking native it is so hard cuz uh, what it looks like when you're popping this up in Steam is you have little menus up and your your fingertips don't actually match where the Steam VR hands are you so you're just looking at a green laser pointer and praying essentially um and uh the drivers are okay like there's a lot of offsets you can mess with, but it's a it's in Notepad format, so you're a lot of like change these things by millimeters, save it, refresh the thing, hope that the settings that I put look like they're in a general position of my hands. Uh, they do have a de- like their own built-in demo called Aurora, um, which has like painting and uh, teleportation system where you grab a little diamond on your wrist and that's how you're and because that's built for. The leap motion, of course, it works great. It didn't have any issues. But um, mm. I tried Half Life Alex with, with the leap motion because really, oh, that seems oh, cool. That. Ye- yes, but it's still very janky because you can't. I mean, you know, you have to use pretty much teleport and pray <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because locomotion is just really hard with it. I will say being able to do really hard. pick up stuff like you can pick up the markers cuz I just went through the you know very beginning see so pick up the marker and draw on the glass and you know hit the button to hear dad talk and open you know opening doors and stuff that's cool if if you Damn. can locomote to the thing but um yeah there's also i guess you can use this in a uh, VR chat as well. I know there's some specific worlds that have leap motion support and I think through like um OSC or something you can get it mm. working but I haven't had time to really experiment with the VR chat stuff. That's where I think it'll really shine, to be honest.
0: Curious about your Half-Life Alex experiment. (laughs) It sounds to me like the kind of thing where you have your index, you have your hands in front of you with the leap motion.
1: What's this called? Leap motion two. It's the second one. Leap
0: motion two. Because I had the first one, and I know what that was like in alt space back in the day. Um, But you could almost have, for example, your husband to put his hands in the index controllers and locomote for you, and then you do the job of the handsy part. So you're just grabbing things in the environment or doing the marker Do those two conflict or like when you have two keyboards connected to a computer, can you can both drive at the same time? I could use know?
1: both. So that's why I actually had to turn off my index controllers for the testing mm. purpose just so I wouldn't see it. Because otherwise it's like overlaying over the hands and it was just a bit too much to look at. But you can use yeah. both. Um, and actually, since we're talking about being able to use both Um, I actually got the Vive Facial Tracker and the Leap Motion working at the same time. I don't think you were able to do that with the Leap Motion 1. I think it just kind of turned it off. Uh, Again, it it worked like three or two out of three of the times that I tried it. The first time may have been a fluke, but um, I'm going to have a picture. It was a mess. I I would not do it the way I did it. It was like
0: i'm wondering what the application is like is that i can now peel and eat a banana
1: well like, like what is
0: the if you're the, like the a vr
1: vtuber and you want you know your if yeah. you don't have something like a quest pro or something that has facial tracking built in for PC VR, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you could then not only have uh, mouth tracking lip tracking but also now hands but again you probably have to figure out a way to streamline this thing because i just used whatever cables and homes mm. that i had which were not meant for this so i took off like a Powered hub and I unpowered it. Uh, I had these way too long of a cables. You're probably gonna need two like USB C to uh, USB 3.0 uh, adapters to plug into your hub that plugs into the frunk. <laughs> so you're gonna just, as long as you can find some really short cables, and I've seen some people like Velcro the hub to the side because I don't know if there's one that's small enough to fit in nicely. Uh-huh. Plus, if you have the facial tracking mount. There are nice 3D printed ones that go in and you don't necessarily want to take up that space for the, the hub. So it, it can't, basically, TLDR can be done. Uh, don't do it like I did. It was a mess. I had to, I just manually held the thing while I held the... It's
0: beautiful. <laughs> it's, like, it's halfway, halfway to there, Hades. Halfway to is Hades, there a special right there.
2: way of mounting the the lead motion too? Like, is it, like you said, you you, you mentioned a uh, flat surface. Can it only be on a flat surface? Can it, like, what I'm wondering is, can you, can like a VTuber, for example, like, you said that people can clip them on their shirt. And I was imagining mm-hmm. like what happens if they're staring in front of a screen and their hands are in front of it. Could the Could the LCD screen, or is there anything that could affect the tracking of the no. hands?
1: What's weird is when you're, because you can kind of, when you have the control panel up for this open, you can kind of, you know, see your hands. And the screen actually doesn't capture on, I guess, whatever technology. It just looks like the monitor's off. So it's not even... It's not going to be messed up by seeing your hands on your monitor a- as oh. real hands, if that makes sense. So I mean, there's a couple IR. ways you could mount it. You could like, I guess it's stick it on a VR headset, clip it to your shirt. You can put it on a monitor, like a webcam or just yeah. have it get you know, out on the desk. Um, and yeah, I was imp- cause I was wondering about that too. I was like, is it going to see my monitor and think those are hands and then there's going to be weird stuff happening, but no, it doesn't even see it. Oh. I don't know how that works. How's, how's,
0: the, how's the Z depth like going in and, and out, like um, the, 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 because I remember for the first one, if your hands were too distant, they would ghost and it would lose tracking. And you you had to be kind of within a few centimeters, but not too close and not too far. And you could dance your fingers and you could give people thumbs up and clap or whatever and all that would show up. But yeah, if you if you fully extend your arms out, does it still track your hands?
1: There is a sweet spot too when I was because it still has like a FOV limit. Okay. It's a it's okay, yeah, I yeah. forget what the exact um numbers are, but it is a little bit bigger than the leap motion one. And I will say, like I could pretty much extend my arms all the way up as high as I can go, and it would still be able to track them. I mean, it depends on what wow. app you're using. So if you're using like a desktop app, the character, you just kind of lose arms and or that one. But um as far as closeness, like obviously if it kind of this close where it only sees one hand, it's not gonna track. But if you have it it's kind of hard to see, like probably about this this high. And then of course you're gonna have two hands. So one side Split by away. side, it's able to track just fine. So I oh, could easily man. from a desktop standpoint, I could easily kind of go in the normal hand positions without it losing track. I mean I think
0: yeah. they they really they should market to Italians. I was actually thinking of I
1: don't
2: know what it's called uh, the the instrument that's like it uses like lasers and they like touch like oh you know what I'm talking about
0: yeah I know yeah cube the cube want, thing right yeah uh, back what's that called <laughs> someone in chat who who knows music uh it's got a really cool name as well I forget that uh but um it's like you move your hands that over is right? one of the Yeah, like in Electronauts and those games, the music VR games, those are so fun. Something like a phone. What the fuck is that called now? I can't remember. Anyway, someone in chat will save us, I think. Adam, that's that's a pretty cool project. You got any um, other plans with it? Any
1: other tests you want to run? Uh, I don't know. I'm mostly excited for the VTubing implications. And like I said, I do want to deep dive into it more in VR chat worlds because there's there's a couple, there's one that I saw in particular. That's like, you can actually play <laughs> the piano with the leap motion. Oh, and I want to go into that half-life Alex level that has the piano just to make a cute video or something,
0: but oh, there's cool. a lot of stuff. Is, wait, 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 is the piano operable? You
1: can yeah. Yeah, play it. Oh, I'll just have to know that. get the offsets. The right. Cause again, oh, it's not dude, really so cool. aligned for your hands yes. properly, but, uh, and I'm like really impatient when it comes to like tiny micro tweaks and then having to, save and then resets. So I'm like, ah. as long as it's close enough, it's fine. But there are some interesting implications. And I like, again, for those who like Frankenstein frunks and just plugging everything in all the things you, if you get short enough cables, you can do some pretty neat stuff in combination so with cool. it. So that's so cool rad. stuff.
0: Yeah. So, so, Yeah, it's a cool, cool showcase. I've seen those like starting to make their way into the wild, and so it's neat to hear impression. But my first thought was when you held it up, I was like, "Damn, that thing's kind of sleek. It's like a little stick of gum."
1: What is it? Uh, The official number is like, was it thirty percent smaller than the Leap Motion One? Yeah, it's It's very noticeably smaller. It's it's a little thing. That's incredible. Is there an MSRP,
2: a price for it yet?
1: I think it was like e. I I want to say 80. Don't count me on that. I can wow. Google it real quick, though. Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. That's
0: what the original,
1: I think the original oh, was around there, 80, if, yeah. if I
0: remember correctly. Yeah, I think it was 80. <laughs> That's what I remember paying for. That could have been pounds no, or just kidding. dollars or I don't remember. It's actually
1: 140. Theremin. Okay. It's like.
0: Jose, it's a theremin. That's oh, yes, the that instrument you're right. thinking of, I think. The theremin. That would be
2: cool. Like, I would like awesome. to see somebody Thank you, make,
0: to make theremins with these, like
2: using
1: like AR and like a modern one. You know what? Yeah. VR chat worlds have that. I don't know if they have leap motion support oh. in those particular worlds, but I will have to find out.
0: Yes, no. Thank that you. is cool. Just it's, It really sounds like something that Imogen Heap will have <laughs> done in the past yep. at some point. Like she loved those. There were gloves that she wore, were programmed to various instruments, including mm. spatial gesturing oh, and all dude, that stuff. Yes. Um, I can't wait to. I haven't seen her tinker yeah. recently. Is she still <laughs> doing stuff? Because if she is, with modern tech, it'd be really interesting. That's, to see. Very yeah, that's my 100, 100, Oh, one hundred and forty mm-hmm. okay. dollars.
1: Yeah, I was off by like a significant amount, but you know, I just I like make up numbers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like, I'm gonna check because doesn't sit quite right. But yeah, it's like so cool. I love software type stuff. Like I, I know Jose is super good with all the hardware and sometimes the numbers make my eyes roll back in my head a little bit and <laughs> I space out. But when it comes to digging into like software and Steam VR kind of stuff, like, oh, I love tinkering so much.
2: <laughs> and you'll need it too. Like a lot of people don't realize like the potentials of all this stuff. Like it's cool that you don't get intimidated by a, literally interfacing between facial tracking and elite Motion like a lot of people see this stuff and they don't they don't really like have that logic of being like, Man, how do, how further
1: can I take this? What else can I plug in? Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're just fitting hand in a glove into my intro for you there, Adam. It works pretty well. Out of curiosity, are you um are you designing like a a, a VTuber avatar or something? Or are you planning to do anything with that? Or I was just curious because We've had some people tinker with that in the past. More for
1: funsies. Or is it like,
0: mostly, mostly for fun. Because
1: yeah. I've always liked uh, supporting other VR creators, whether they're, you know, camera, ca- camera, mixed reality, avatar, VTuber, whatever. <laughs> and I just have a lot of fun tinkering with that stuff and being able to see what you can do with it. And it's like, ooh, I look so much better as an avatar. I <laughs> <There you laughs> should just do VTubing from now on. I don't have to wear makeup ever. This <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like the like, like the upload uh like the oh, upload podcast which is um, all avatars right I'm still impressed in their tech stack I still think it looks creepy <laughs> as feck, but you know uh, <laughs> I like humans maybe a little mm-hmm. facial
1: expressions can't quite so, be replicated on an avatar quite yet we're getting close well no. for regular people with n- normal money. Normal amounts of money. <laughs> normal money, <laughs> you know. What I'm, not, I'm gonna normal. use that from now on. I'm not rich, I just have
0: normal money. <laughs>
2: <Normie> <laughs> money.
0: <laughs> uh, very good. Well, chat, let us know, uh, again, what you thought about today's episode. If you have any questions before we dive out of here, let let us know. Uh, I'll run down the show times and then we'll get out of here. So, the F Reality podcast runs every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch as a fortnightly show and a roundup of future tech news with a couple of real characters. These two and yourself, uh, as your cast, the show, the show starts at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. in the UK. We do have an audio version, which is on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes and will happily fill your ears. Anytime you've got a mundane task to overcome or just a long journey to slog on through like if you're on a plane to Romania, for example. Um, likes are great and all, uh, but comments are where it's at. So we'd love to hear back, share your thoughts about what you thought, and uh, we'll keep the good times rolling. So with that, Wolverazza um, said, Steam VR requires a lot of savvy. I loathe it, like one-click stuff. Okay. And uh, D1360 said, reminds me when I used Wii Remote controllers for PC gaming using GlovePie yes. software. Wow. wow. GlovePie, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> you used Wii remote controllers, oh, so the Wii mote mm-hmm. for PC gaming. So wait, are the you in, using like a nunchuck in mm-hmm. a Wii mote, or is it just a sideways like stupid game pad? You How would do you both.
2: do that, Jose? Um, there's a there's a the the, oh. the tool that he specifically mentioned actually uses the motion controls and actually translate them into actual like configurable uh, mo- movement. So you can actually like left, right, up, down. You can actually, oh man, this is like teenage Jose <laughs> uh, the technician stuff but there was like a really big scene of people that were like remaking like access controllers using Wii motion controllers by using candles or um I was using candles because that's all I could afford but you would literally put two candle lights on the ends of your screens and you made your own light bar because that's kind of <laughs> how it, the, the the Wii nunchucks would look for for it wow and, and, oh People will reprogram and, them, and make custom little... controllers. That's where the Dolphin emulator uh, was using back in the day to kind of like get motion controls working before huh. we figure it all out. Yeah, Candles.
0: the candle hat. <laughs> Just all don't knock right. them over. And uh, glove. Oh man, glove PIE or glove Pi software. pie software. Cool. We l- learn something every cast, don't we? Anyway, th- <laughs> look, chat. Thanks for uh, tuning in. If you're listening back, thanks a lot. Um, it's good to chatter about the latest bits and bytes relating to AI. VR and AR. And uh, Lad and Lassie, there you go. That was your single malt dose of the F Reality Podcast. We can get out of here. Let you get on with your Saturdays. All right. Yay! Thanks, everybody. See you next time.